Welcome, there's a red bar that's taking absolutely ages to load, I'll just stall for a second. Uh, hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form within the hour if I'm quick enough. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for your latest wrestling news. Uh, this was the NXT After War Games, all eyes are back on the prince and all the kerfuffles within essentially the story of this show. Uh, this week I am not, I've decided to not go solo and I've brought back once again uh, the man from One, Pe- One Nation Radio from Social Suplex. It's James Boyd. Uh, welcome back, James. Thanks. I'm glad to be here, man. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know what to make of NXT over the last <laughs> like month or so, but, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad you didn't invite me for any of the House of Horror stuff with... Uh, with, oh. with Loomis. I'm glad <laughs> yes. you did. I'm glad. Uh, it would have been nothing yeah. but negativity. When I when I watched it, I was like, oh, is it too late to invite him on to help me? <laughs> like on the day off. <laughs> I was like, you know what, I'll, I won't invite him on the day off. I did that too many times in, like, September. <laughs> that kind of time. It's like, hours beforehand. Uh, James, do you want to... <laughs> like, but yes, the... Uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote a column on it over the weekend, essentially talking about... NXT, you can go read it, Wrestling Headlines. It's no longer on the main page, you'll have to click about a bit, but it's there. So it was on the uh, like the issue for me with NXT. To be fair, the, the reason my column isn't currently on the main page is because other people have been voicing their same feelings. Like, just their feelings on War Games. Just, after Winter is Coming, War Games didn't bring you back to NXT. Because that's happened in the past, where there's been a big thing from a different company. In the past, really, it would have been New Japan. And then NXT would pull you back in with a decent show or whatever. Uh, especially Royal Rumble time. Like those Royal Rumble shows, you're like, oh, yes, NXT, amazing. And those shows were in the same month. You start off with Wrestle Kingdom, you end with TakeOver with like Gargano versus Andrade. Like you're back in. It's amazing, yes. War Games didn't really do yeah. that. Yeah, I feel it's uh, maybe it's a different kind of era and things. So, <laughs> Rich Latter in the chat. Is this the Kenny Omega celebration hour? <laughs> I did say before we came live. I mean, it can oh, be. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's up to him. That's only up to him. <laughs> so I did say before we went live that we would talk a little bit about, I guess, the status of NXT and the uh, kind of uh, run this past couple of weeks of the ratings destroying NXT. I say destroying. NXT have pretty much stayed the same these last two weeks. In the yeah. like, mid six hundred thousands or so, same demographics, which is the same story with Raw, same story with everything else. Just like the same numbers, nothing really changing, not really going up, not really going down. AEW, they've built really, especially since uh, All In, the numbers have kind of like steadily grown continuously, and now they're just shy of a million. I think it was like nine hundred and ninety something thousand this week. And, yeah, I think yeah. I think nine ninety five was the exact number, which would mean like um I, I end yeah. up I end up I'm in a bunch of different wrestling groups, so I end up getting the number every single week because like I, it's a it's a thing to certain people. Um, I don't care. <laughs> like I'm just, I I don't I don't give a shit who watches this. Like <laughs> I I oh this. Mm. I like I care about who watches in the terms of oh no I hope the show that I'm watching doesn't get canceled. Mm. But outside of that, I really don't care. <laughs> for, for me, it's like an interesting kind of metrics to look at but i'm english right. 
Yeah. Like, no yeah. one cares what we watch. <laughs> Who cares? Well, yeah. um, you know, it, it it's interesting as far as, like, uh, the maneuvers between, you know, um, Sky and has uh, AEW now, right? Uh, well, it, it keeps it a little bit complicated. WWE moved off Sky to BT. Right, to BT Sports. Yeah, and hence why you see so much promotion about it. And, I mean, cause it, B- I mean, it's nice to have a network that cares. Sky Sports didn't give a crap. They just didn't promote it. <laughs> you wouldn't have, if you weren't a WWE fan and sort it out, you wouldn't have known. And um, okay. Impact drew the same numbers as SmackDown and Raw for years. So just to tell you how few people... Because Impact is on is closer to AEW where they were on one of the three channels. Like, AEW's, oh, okay. on, AEW's on a sub-channel of one of the main f- like four or five channels that we have in our country. Like we have like five okay. big channels, and it's one of the spin-offs of them. So okay, so yeah. BBC Channel Four and what else? Uh, ITV, which is Channel Three, and there's Channel right, Five, right. which people keep forgetting exists, but it is one of them. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> they were big in the nineties and noughties when they used to like weekly air a movie on TV type things, like the TV debut of this film, and that was a, you know a big thing when you know you couldn't just type in the movie name online and be watching it in seconds. <laughs> Back then, that was a big <laughs> right. thing. Uh, but yeah, right. They, They've died down in relevancy since. But yeah, so they're on ITV4, which is what, normally they're used for repeats. So there's a, an account on oh, there's, there's something Rob on Twitter. And every single week, he's running the numbers of did AEW beat repeats of crime drama Minder? He <laughs> compares the ratings numbers of those two. Because that's the real battle in our country. <laughs> did AEW oh, wow. beat Minder? <laughs> and uh, a lot of weeks it doesn't. Like, Minder, for wow. some reason, this random cop drama from the 80s, gets numbers. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't understand television in my country. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But um, but it is a free channel, which is like a major boost. WWE on Sky, okay. you have to buy Sky, then you have to buy Sky Sports. So it's like a subscription within a subscription to get it. Uh, BT Sports is the same, but they're actually promoting it. So that's okay. the difference. And they've got quite yes. good kind of deals if you are within other networks as well. Okay, that sounds similar to if you want to watch um, certain sports that are covered by like ESPN, for example. Like mm. ESPN is a part of like a premium cable package, um, and then like if you want to watch like let's say college football here or college American football, mm. um, then like the two games that you're going to miss that year for your team that you follow, let's say you're an SEC fan or an ACC fan, they have sub, they have groups inside of major college football, whatever. Long, long story short, like if you're going to, you're going to miss those two games, unless you spend X amount of dollars after for, for, for this ESPN package. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. The, yeah. That's, yeah. that's quite a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. So hence why with impact being on a free channel, not a popular channel, but a free channel, that's how they can match the numbers essentially. There would be more WWE fans, but the ability to actually watch it because of the price they'd have to jump, the hoops they have to get through, that's why the numbers would be lower. Uh, so, yeah. But hence why they'd be on the same level. AW apparently the numbers are climbing. So, that the word's getting man. out that they exist. Yeah. ITV do no promotion. <laughs> it's like, they're dead. <laughs> they're nothing. <laughs> they are essentially repeats of Minder. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> they're just a thing. Uh, but it, wrestling fans know they exist and the word's getting out and you know wrestling fans in the UK we turned out for Impact over, like filled the O2 arena and things like we've that's right yeah. that's right I mm. forgot to, I forgot about that I always I, I forgot about the fact that they you know they went out there and yeah like they they um that was only one time or was that twice 
I think they did it annually for a few years. I think. Like they, okay. Yeah, went to the same arena. It's, it, again, the same arena that WWE would run more yeah. from until they changed it to Manchester for some reason. I can't remember why they did that. Maybe because Impact was sending out the O2 without what we could set out a bigger one. <laughs> so they go to a different city. Maybe that was it. It could be that. It could be like some pricing thing because it's O2. Mm, maybe. I know BBC has also moved their headquarters out of London to Manchester as well. So there's a television link there. There's <laughs> something about that. Mm. I don't know. Really. Plus you got the f- two football teams for Moonlight Raw to never get correct which one to... <laughs> is, it, is it Manchester City or Manchester United shirt that you wear? And they always get it wrong every year. <laughs> they never get the cheer. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, it's not that complicated. <laughs> Just look at which side you are of the city. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> oh. It's like yeah, like the um, oh, the two New York ones. I'm just picking the wrong side. Is it uh, Giants and Jets? Um, yeah, there's it. Yeah, a lot of that comes down to the borough you're from, because you know that uh, Manhattan is basically one one quote unquote island, if you will. Um, and then you also have like uh, Detroit or not Detroit, Jesus, uh, Brooklyn and Queens that are on uh, one other that are on Long Island and whatever, and like basically like. If you're on Brooklyn and Queens, like you tend to be like a Nets fan for basketball, a Islanders fan for hockey, a Jets fan for football, and um, and a and a Mets fan for baseball. And then if you're from like Manhattan, you tend to be a Yankees fan because they're in the Bronx, uh, a a um, Knicks fan in basketball, poor poor Knicks fans, because uh, they're in Manhattan. Um, the Giants, a Giants fan for football, and then uh, for hockey, a Rangers fan because they are also in the same stadium that the Knicks are in. Um, yeah, it's just it's geographical, it's just like Man U and Man City. Yeah, yeah, I think here in Nottingham, there's two teams, and we, we our history is more older in football, but there's Nottingham Forest that I support, which are on one side of the River Trent, and literally on the other side of the river is the other stadium for Notts County. So, like, it's literally just across the river, <laughs> it's that close. And you can see both either yeah. stadium from either side, so it's quite cool that way. Uh, but here in yes. the UK, everything's more compact anyway. <laughs> so it's is. Yeah. I have a question. Is is one just just an odd question? Is one side nicer than the other? Is one side of the of one side of the river and bridge is one side nicer <laughs> than the other? <laughs> one side is closer to the I call it like the boroughs of the city, and one's like a bit further out. <laughs> so I guess okay. I guess the answer would be yes. The difference is okay. uh, Notts County are so far down in the different leagues that they never meet each other, so you barely get to see it. Mm. Okay, gotcha. But you have to walk past the county ground to get to the forest ground, <laughs> so you can, if you're coming from the city, just where the train station is, the main road, where the for the turn for the county ground is on the same main road to get to the forest ground eventually, so when you go on the train, you've then got to kind of walk down the same main road <laughs> that you would to get there, to get a mix for a little bit. But again, county fans are so far down, there's no angst. So it's a weird one <laughs> where they've become so... We never meet, so you never get that refreshment of it compared to Forest Derby where if a player kisses their Derby badge on their shirt, it's like the incredible... Like Roman Reigns after WrestleMania, booze. <laughs> just echoing. It's just incredible. Like one of my, some of my favourite uh, like audience participation kind of experiences was yeah a player from the Derby team kissing their badge after scoring against Forest, and it just, again, rains after beating Taker. Just solid booze. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, again, my team had just conceded, but that's one of my favourite memories. <laughs> just booing the hell out of that player. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. For any nerds yep. listening, I could try to remember the player, but again, it's it's twenty past one in the morning. Should probably get onto the topic of the show. <laughs> so, I was gonna say, yep, this is like the <laughs> the greatest digression we've ever had on one of these shows. This this has to be top three. <laughs> I should listen back to specifically our show is specifically the start as well because we always drift off at the start <laughs> to see where we go. Which is uh, the top three Imp and James. <laughs> big, big turn. Anyway, so we made it back. So we were originally talking about the ratings and things for NXT and AW. Right. And they came out in timely fashion this week. That was nice of them. Uh, Alvarez making the gag of really the big story is they got the numbers out in time. Like, well done, guys. <laughs> he got numbers out. But uh, yeah, AW just shy of a million again. And NXT in the same 600,000 bracket. The bigger story being, again, the younger demos just aren't watching NXT. And in AW, they're going up. For me, that was something I found quite interesting. It wasn't... It's the same number of younger people. Like I would, I would fit in that bracket. You would fit in that bracket, and we'd be in yeah. that demo. But more people of our generations are coming in, so that's a that's interesting for me. It means they're pulling in an audience, which is not the wrestling story we're used to. The wrestling story we're used to is constantly just people dropping off, running late, raw, sending new records lows, which again. I don't understand the argument of, uh, oh, but Monday Night Raw gets this number. You say it's crap. Yeah, in comparison to themselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 AW setting like, its own I, numbers right now. So, yeah. yeah, like I saw people like get upset with someone for saying that like Omega going on to Impact doing, you know, it's, mm. you know, 20% or 25% better than any show has done this year is not a success it's not a success or you can't call it a success if you are to point out that raw had an all-time low third hour like this week Mm. and it's like i i guess if you are talking in like the terms of it being some type of vacuum or zero-sum game but if you don't want to like act in bad faith in like pretend that like these things aren't on the same levels and and treat success based off of what they actually can accomplish then like yeah it is it, they are different um ways to take those in like raw raw is a show that does that you know just a year ago was doing like 2.4 mm. million viewers now it's doing 1.5 in the third hour or 1.6 in the third hour like Impact is is lucky to even be on. It had to buy its own station. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like Anthem had to buy the fucking thing. Like nah, like we're talking about something totally different. Um, like it's you know you we were talking about success and um we'll go we'll back to um I was going to mention college football, American football here, but let's talk about like relegation in terms of um in terms of soccer, Amer- or sorry football. Sorry, about that. <laughs> thank you, James. But it's like. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, like, it's different from being, like, Premier League and then being, like, cha- or it's different between Champions League and Premier League and relegations. Like, there are different levels of success. It's just how it goes, mm. you know? Yeah, and uh, the numbers set by Impact as well. If Mike totaled up, it's about 700,000. That's television plus Twitch. Well, some reason, that was plus YouTube as well. I don't know whether to include YouTube. I don't know if that was live figures or post figures. But uh, yeah. Because YouTube's always creepy. Yeah, but again, Twitch was like two hundred thousand or something, where they normally get thirty. I think. To be fair, on Twitch, thirty thousand is impressive. Like for normal people getting on Twitch, like that—that's a decent number. That if like we're talking okay. about Zelina Vega 
I say we talking about, that was me talking about weeks ago when she got released. <laughs> it was Alina Vega. Her numbers on Twitch are similar to that. Uh, yeah, mm, she's a sole okay. entity. But she can like do a whole career off, on Twitch, essentially, with those numbers. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, prove that those numbers are actually decent for Twitch. But they're not the numbers Kenny Omega drew in. <laughs> That's a kind of <laughs> big point there. <laughs> that they right. are pretty big. Um, but yeah, so when, and when you watch the NXT product, I think the, one of the things I put in my column this week was... It was just more about, there's just a lot more weight to it. Like, uh, AW's like, major benefit they've got is they are their main roster. So they've got, they haven't got any risk of their stories that they're writing for years or months down the line. They haven't got any risk of someone just up and leaving, uh, given that there aren't any outside kind of uh, interferences or whatever. NXT's got that yep. hanging over their head constantly. Like, in an instant, yep. you get retribution. And all your storylines are gone for nothing. And yep. if they do come back, they're broken pieces. So it's... Yeah. AEW don't have that issue. And you're seeing it right now with, for example, Kenny Omega. Uh, someone pointed out... Oh, it's a, one of the writers that uh, left WrestleJoy this past week. I uh, can't remember her name. But she uh, pointed out that Kenny Omega had... Uh, when he gave, when, After they finished the tag team with Hangman Page... Kenny Omega was giving an interview. And there was a picture of the Iron Sheik with his belt with his title and everything. And uh, they were like, oh, and they had a manager next to him. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently, it's talking about the mirror of that specific title vein <laughs> with that manager and everything. And the fact that the the picture in main focus behind him after he'd won the title was the exact same picture this time on the bus and everything. It's like, oh. And yeah. uh, I just retweeted it just with the face of like, it's incredible what he can do and little little tidbits you can put in when you've done this amazing thing with your story called Written It, you can just go back and put things in. You're like, you know where it's going, so right. you can put little hints and foreshadowing. And AW's doing that, plus the months of characters like getting invested in them with the continuity, that special word continuity that they've got as well. And There's just so much weight and depth that is building on that show now. And one year in, I'm really starting to feel it. Like the little pieces they've been putting down are coming together and characters start to feel like there's a lot of depth to them. Kenny Omega is a fantastic example of that. NXT, I feel like it's just things happening. Cool things that I often do enjoy and the show's quite more, more weeks than not. It's really entertaining to watch. They throw a lot of crap at the wall. Like New Year's Evil, I can say what, what it is, but we're going to get that and AEW's New Year thing on the same night. So I'm not complaining. I, I I was saying this on uh, One Nation Radio on Sunday when we were recording. Um, that or I'm sorry, not Sunday, but Monday, because I actually didn't watch uh, Takeover Live and I'm watching it on Monday because I had a lot of stuff going on over the weekend. But um, I'm watching Takeover and I see that they're calling a show on Janu- or January six, two thousand twenty-one, New Year's Evil. I'm like, that that's that's just a microcosm of some of the problems with NXT. Is like. How do you have a show that's going to happen after the eve of the year and call it New Year's Eve when it's a play on New Year's Eve? That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's just, that's just dumb. That's just dumb. It's like, like exactly a week after you know, as well. Right. Especially when, like, there's a show where if you just did the show on the week before on the, I think it'd be the 30th, mm. that would be, you, yeah, you could call it New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, you're going to have a show, just do it then. It's weird. It's mm. weird. Mm. And I think another, for me, like a prime example is the Cameron Grimes stuff in the middle of the card. Uh, he was on this show this week. Uh, again, yes, 
my like only opportunity to do the one American accent I can do in the Southern accent. <laughs> so, uh, but he, uh, I'll save it for when I t- we talk about his match. <laughs> but he, okay. he's a he's a great little microcosm of throwing gimmicks at the wall, which should be fun and like exciting and wacky. But there's no depth to it, so I don't really care. It's just cool. Th- like, um, again, the other thing I brought up in my column on the road to War Games, including Halloween Havoc, we essentially had three ladder matches within a month. Which is crazy. Like for me, this is like just running this one. Ex- yes, they're exciting matches, but you're running it over and over. And the repetition in NXT is another thing. And personally, I think it's the specials that are kind of making things feel a bit repetitive. Because instead of getting two, for example, in the North American Championship, you've got Gargano and Priest. Instead of getting two, or like one each quarter, we've now had three, and it's one every single month, and we're going to get another one next month as well. So like, I'm starting to fatigue of stuff just like I do on the main roster. Because they're having stories go the same length, but we're seeing the matches repeat a lot more. And uh, for me, that's a major detractor. Like, same with Grimes and Loomis. We had three of those matches. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> just done. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rich with uh, uh, laughing out loud in the chat. <laughs> yeah, Grimes and Loomis is, is just ass. So it's like, it's, I can't even... Like I'm okay with uh, like um, Priest versus Gargano having number of matches. Like I mean, everybody has a number like a, a quote unquote. I mean, it's for the mid card title. They're having make they're having a mid card feud. That's fine. Like I just you know like for example, if you look over AEW, like especially towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year, like the mid card had a great had two different great feuds. Like one was um, Hangman versus Pac. And the other one, well, that's more of the upper mid card, if you, if you will. Mm. And then, like, the actual really legit mid card was, like, Sammy Guevara and, and Darby having multiple matches. And, you know, they've had a, a few Cody and Darby matches. But, like, that it, ultimately, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. But, like, the real thing is, like, it's cool if you don't, like, do all of these crazy things involved where, like, there's ghost faces involved. There's all this cheating. Mm. Like, they, they, they hooked, they juiced up something they didn't need all the juice like those soon just go out there and kill it and you're throwing leon ruff so you don't have to beat damian priest so you can get the belt back onto gargano if you just put it onto him because like you need them to get to you need them to have another match because like you don't have anything else for them you're trying to save them for something else uh and this just to get past this one um quite frankly like uh extraneous uh, takeover like that's that's on them. Um, it's it, it's like it, it, they're in a weird spot because they still do good matches, but like their matches don't their matches go short because of their um, their conditions um, surrounding the fact that they don't have fans like at ringside into the, that are as lively as like let's say. Um, the AEW crowd where you have like the, the, the locker room basically out there cheering for their, for the good guy and the bad guy. Um, and it, it's just like, so like you don't get the matches that except for like a main event really now where it used to be in the way it used to be. Like, I'm just comparing it to like the old NXT. I'm not even trying to really compare it much to AEW. I'm just, it just comes to mind, but it's like, you look at what a NXT used to be where it's like, all right, like, you will come in, or you will get people that they want to do something with. They will squash people. Everybody will squash like these jobbers. 
and then like you would have somebody that's going the two people that were squash people have a match eventually and one person wins or loses and the person that loses like continues gets his heat back by or their heat back by beating up more jobbers and keeps them in the forefront now they don't even do that like they come up with all these they have all these different matches that come with all these convoluted finishes to not actually beat anybody now and i think a lot of that is because like they don't have the churn they used to of cycling people out like mm. undisputed champa gargano they've been here for all, all four years now and like you look at the takeover and it's like champa beat thatcher why Gargano, Gargano is a three-time mm-hmm. NXT North American champion mm-hmm. for no reason. Okay, whatever. Undisputed just beat McAfee after they like McAfee has like made himself one of the best promos uh, this year in wrestling, and like they made Pete Dunne to an absolute killer in the process of doing this. Like, I don't necessarily think it should have beat McAfee Goon as as a uh, rich oh, affectionately calls him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as so, you said that, I was like, that sounds like a latterism. <laughs> Yeah. So so it's like I don't really it's it's weird. It's weird. Um I think Rich made the point of saying um like it's very similar to where like you look at a WrestleMania from the last like five years, you look at me like, huh, Randy Orange John Cena Triple H all won that night. That's interesting. Mm. Are they gonna push anybody new? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, like yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. There's the fatigue of the same people. That's probably why the women stand out. Like every one of them is new of this generation. There yeah. isn't it's a, that that old feeling of NXT is there for the women. Like I've seen quite yeah. a few complaints of how they're booked, but that rotation of freshness is there, and it doesn't yeah. doesn't hurt that it's a really strong division as well. Like it's my favorite part of NXT every single week, without doubt, consistently great. But yeah, part of it probably is that there isn't there aren't is nobody hanging about. And you look at the main roster it's like. Pfft, or if they hadn't made those call-ups, they would be screwed. <laughs> like, they need that depth. I mean, not even using half of it, but, like, you watch it, we watch it, it's like, oh, the, the, the running ass, the running Lana is like a <laughs> underdog hero. <laughs> like, they need that depth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I mean, okay, so, <laughs> this, this, is, this is one of the things, right? Like, luckily, you know, the Street Profits are one of the better used um, NXT calls of the last uh, five years. Um, but you talked about how they were just, is always a sort of Damocles standing over the head of any NXT, like, mm. you know, top person is that they can get caught up in any minute and it screws up whatever storyline they had. Like, so you look at last year, 2019, like, the tag team titles at, I want to say, Phoenix. And so that's Royal Rumble. They defend them against Ricochet in um in Alistair Black, which I affectionately call Blackishay. Mm. And then like they're both all four of those acts all leave up to the main roster. And War Raiders don't have to put anybody over on the way out, even though they were feuding with um Street Profits. Street Profits have to go to TakeOver 25 in June. And win a ladder match, and then like they get, and then after they right they win the titles, they get snatched to to Raw, or, or to SmackDown. I, I forgot which one they were on. I forgot, but to the main roster. And it's like the N or NXT's tag team, like never or they never 
that division never has never recovered since that moment where he's like, we we just crowned new champions. They're the new aces of the division. Yanked. Oh, you're the new aces. Yank. They've never recovered from that. Mm. Um, and to the point where like, they had to put Riddle in um, at the time. Riddle and Dunn together. They had to bring in Grizzled Young Vest. They had to bring in Mandrews and Morgan Webster from NXT UK. Like they, they had to do all that stuff to make the Dusty, uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team uh, Invitational or Tag Team Tournament, Tag Team Classic, what's called, uh, work mm. earlier in this year. And it's like, all right, so what happens when the pandemic hits? Like, oh, okay, well, yeah. Oh, you guys gotta go back for now to me let get you into the country. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just. When you talk about like characters feeling three dimensional, like yes, um, Undisputed does feel three dimensional. Johnny Arano does feel three dimensional. Ciampa does feel three dimensional when he's not cutting these promos where he's like basically being—he's <laughs> cutting these like over fifty plus demos. Yeah. Like he's, he's almost <laughs> like he's pandering to the over fifty crowd. Like he feels three dimensional because you have all that history and heft with them, but like. You're still at the time and like okay, so when is Swerve getting going to get his time to, um, to, to have to go nuts in the in the and tear this division or this uh this show up? When is, uh, someone like Thatcher who is constantly you know, losing even though they keep giving TV time? It, it's 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 really weird. Like now they're giving Atlas wins, even though he's already faced, he's already like chased after uh, oh. Phantasma and gotten his ass whooped. It's it's really weird. Um, like the only thing that really makes sense is the women's division, and I'm like, I don't understand how you can book a competent. I, I never understand this. Like when people talk about, for example, like AEW and their lack of a, of a women's division, or like the uh, the quality of it, or the lack of storytelling, and it's like, I don't understand how these bookers can book other divisions well, and then like other and then outside of whatever mm. divisions they're booking well, like, they screw up other ones. Like, I just find that to just be like, how? How does that happen? Like, you're the same person with the same pin. Mm. Just move some mm. of the... Just move some of the stuff over that way. I, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's with a, a decent uh, suggestion in there of the women's division's got so much depth and it's such a strong division. Why not give them a high percentage of the show? If they're like that well booked because they're, they're, they're still like maybe one or two segments and that's it uh, I'll give I, kudos to the Jai Lee stuff currently um, yeah that was great that mm, was great this be, week that was actually recently, great this week yeah, yeah. So yeah maybe that's going somewhere but for all I know she'll just beat Casey Catanzaro when she returns and she's just <laughs> with an angry face <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, I, th- that was like that was one of the best um like shot things that uh that WWE has done this year um that thing where like they're it's basically like a training montage mm. uh similar to like that in an action movie um with with Bo and and, and Zaya this week uh but yeah like I I wouldn't mind that I just I just think that like ultimately they can't they they won't do that because you have Damian Priest you have Karrion Cross coming back you have Finn Balor you have uh then the person the person that's like even though he they haven't been here for years but like they're back is Finn Balor when I when I talked about like um undisputed Gargano and Ciampa like they have they have the horses to do this but like they don't put them on TV and have them interacting with each other and like they haven't split up undisputed yet and like I think that's the that's really the only play they have left as far as like 
you feel the depth and the weight of these characters and something happens and then there's a you know there there's going to be a resolution somehow like that's the only like real car left to play because honestly like if you're going to have Ciampa and Gargano be players' coaches, you need to have someone eventually beat them. And I don't mean, like, beat them and then, like, they're on takeover again and they have the same slot five times a year. Like, some of them need to go off off of the card. Like, it makes no sense that Kushida was on takeover 31 but wasn't on, wasn't on takeover this, this uh, turn. Like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he shows up to tag team with Leon Ruff on a, on a late scratch because Cross is beat up. Uh, Damian Priest, like, it's like that. Why was Kushida out here beating people left and right and killing them with submissions for like a month or actually more than a month, more like a uh, more like two, three months just to team with Leon Ruff? Like, the roster positioning is all over the place with non established acts, and like, the idea is like you're supposed to establish them so that you can roster position them. It's it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Yes. It's, it's good wrestling with no rhyme mm-hmm. or reason aside from like what they're going for like two weeks from now or three weeks from now. Yeah, which is a complaint we've often had about the main roster. Like, the, maybe watching a... You may, may give us a cool thing, but it's not got... It's, what's the plan? As in, what's this actually leading to? What are you building to? What's going to happen after this? Uh, I've, right. uh, I've often complained about it being month-to-month booking. Uh, obviously, it's month-to-month booking where that's the grander idea they've got to... They've got their end point they're going to at the, for that pay-per-view. But they don't know what's going to happen in the next pay-per-view. And right. often they change it week-to-week as well, so... And then you get Retribution. <laughs> That's a tangent I say for every Monday Night Raw. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just. Well, this was the plan of the hacker all along. No, they're making it up. It's just the most blatant week to week making it up. What is this <laughs> I've ever seen? Using the influence of what was happening at the time, just a thing. They go, they go, and it's just like, oh, like what are you doing, like guys? <laughs> now look at it. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it was funny at the beginning with like the people mm. on Retribution like Dijak and and um, Shane Thorne and the like, uh, even um, uh, Brandon Williams. What's his what's his uh, wrestling name? He oh. was the announcer that Brock Lesnar beat yeah, up Dreadlocks. Um, oh, I'm try- trying to remember his uh, Retribution name as well. It's Slapjack he's uh, T Bar. Right? At... No, he's Mace. He's Mace. Mace. He's Mace. 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 That's it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, his name's Mace now, but like. When they were all, you know, at the start of this, and like people were like, "Yo, this is going, this ain't going nowhere." Like they were all like on Twitter, like trying to dunk on everybody for saying this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and then like this week, mm. you see Dijak's tweet, and he's like, he, he realizes it now. Mm. He realizes like, nah, bro, they ain't got none for you. Mm. Like you're just gonna be in catering like real soon. My my prediction for at least over a month, whenever they debut coming, it was. Uh, yeah, Rich Latter on the delay telling us the name. Thank you, Rich. I've <laughs> got his mate. I, so on Twitter, he's the oh, great, is it Black Taco or something like that? I can't remember what it is. The, it's, the, it's the great something. I can never mm-hmm. remember his you know gimmick name because that's why I know, I'm known by his Twitter handle more than anything. <laughs> I'm not remembering Mace, Jesus Christ. Uh, but So my prediction is that they'll be Royal Rumble fodder and that's when they officially die. As in, if they're not already dead before then, they'll run in and get immediately eliminated. Maybe Ali eliminates Ricochet in their little stuff. Like, in my notes, I wrote, Ali, with the biggest insult, telling Ricochet, you belong with us. I was like, oh, come on, he's not that bad. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. That's, yeah, yeah, that Ricochet and Dana Brooke beat, beat them this week, right? Yep, yeah, by the... Uh, another one of my notes is... Uh, 
Retribution's biggest weapon is also their greatest curse. The roll-up! <gasps> Not the roll-up. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. I think Dana Brooke rolled up me a yim. So, uh, Ali could get yeah. her. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, so if you go to the main roster, you could get a mask put on you and... I'm not going to remember your gimmick name. It's it's that bad. Uh, uh, but I guess running it back in a bit. The speaking of people who like maybe like putting the next generation over and moving on. Uh, Finn Balor. He's centre of the uh, image I mocked up on Photoshop. Uh, Finn Balor is uh, back and he's doing his whole the princess returned spiel. Uh, nothing about kitty cats this time. That was weird. <laughs> like, was, like the cat is back and stop playing in my litter box. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, like that. that was awful. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly mm. what he said too. Yeah, all all that was missing was him calling someone a bitch. As in, that's to ticked every WWE box <laughs> like a nonsense promo. <laughs> that was it. Um, but yeah, so the thing I liked about the opening of this show was it's kind of establishing like people who could get the elevation, like Pete Dunne. Like Damien Priest. It's like, yes, I like that. <laughs> yes, like a potential elevation. Then you watch the rest of the show and that's not how it plays out at all. But in that moment, <laughs> I was quite excited. Was like, oh, people get elevated to face Finn Balor. I'm down yeah, for that. But Yeah, but like, they immediately undercut it because it's like, <sighs> Pete Dunne comes out, goes face to face with Balor, talks about how they're both from overseas and how they both want to make names for themselves. In, here in NXT, so they want so he they want to have a match, right? So then in comes O'Reilly, and he's like, "Dude, you lost last, you lost on Sunday on Takeover," <laughs> and then it's mm. like, and then you they didn't miss this, but if you think about it, it's like, well, like Dunn beat you in the in the in the War Games decision mm. ladder match, advantage mm. ladder match just the week before that or two weeks before that, and then Daniel Priest comes down. And he goes face to face and talks about you know um, how much of a moment it would be if Finn Balor and Damian Priest had a match. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys had a match in your house and he beat yeah, you, uh, Damian, yeah. clean as a all. sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm like yeah. it's like oh, dude, like all three of those people ha- are actual you know make sense as contenders, mm. right? Because like mm. they they've positioned them all because you want to see the rematch between him and. In, in uh, Finn Balor, um, sorry, O'Reilly and Balor from Takeover 31 because that match is incredible. Um, Priest is probably the best pure metal singles babyface solo in the company or in the in that brand right now. Um, and Dunn is just Pete Dunn, which is awesome. So it's like, yeah, why not? That makes sense. And he's been established as his killer of psycho killer of the uh, McAfee goon faction. So like that all makes sense. But it's like all these people are flawed contenders. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. It's like they looked at it just as you did then, but they didn't do that a few weeks ago. Again, it's the it's the not booking it in advance thing, and this is what we praise AEW for so much. When that contender steps right. up, they've put the places right. in place. And the phrase I think I've seen before was, oh, it's a bit predictable who the contender would be. No, they foreshadowed it, so it feels right. natural that they would go there. You've watched the progression. Right. It makes sense. And even when they do stuff like throw Darby in there when he has a a, a a a record that does not suggest he should be getting a title shot, they at least point out that like they'll even have like whether it was Pack back in November or December of last year or MJF um, before he got his title shot with Moxley point out is like, yeah, this is dumb. I'm outraged. I've been screwed over. And, like, they at least acknowledge that, like, this doesn't make a, the, the best sense in the world. But, like, explain it in a way that's, like, 
in real sports, in you know, real boxing, real MMA, like it's the max major, it's the matchmaker's discretion. It's not necessarily like you have to pick number one contender. Like you can pick through the list of the top five people or whatever else, and for whatever reason you decide to pick the number third person because it's a better, it's a better, it'll draw a better uh, rating or or better buy rate. Like that makes sense. Like with NXT, it used to be, you know, um, if you win like three matches in a row in NXT television, you're in line or a contender for a title shot, whichever title it may be. Now they don't even give the they don't they don't they're so scared to do squash matches that you don't even really get people primed in that way. Like I think the last person was really uh cross. Yeah. Cross, you know, squash people and then he beat Dijak and then that means he was on his way. Mm. So like in this opening segment, Pete Dunn, a thing I put in the notes, fake tan covered Peter Dunn. Good god he was orange. <laughs> he came out and yeah, James already covered it. Then Kyle O'Reilly inserted himself, um, calling him Peter Pumpkin Eater, <laughs> and uh, did the uh, in, in talking like Pete Dunne. Kyle O'Reilly put on an amazing London accent. I'll give him that. It was a really good London accent. I mean, Pete Dunne's not from London, but it was a really good London accent. I'll take it. Uh, on the American doing an impression of an Englishman spectrum. Yeah, yeah at least it was an English accent. <laughs> Not the right location. <laughs> yeah, well done you. And uh, then Damien Priest doing his cocky stuff as well. But the big thing was Karrion Cross's return as well. The uh, Scarlet Bordeaux making with a spiky outfit as well. A nightmare to do that in Photoshop because one of the spikes went over where one of my lines is on the Photoshop. <laughs> that was really irritating. <laughs> so, oh yeah, this black spike then behind him is complete darkness. Oh, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> figure that one out. Uh, anyway, get stop moaning about that. <laughs> so yeah, it was an interesting night uh, bringing Karen Cross back and he was booked so strongly that it feels like a big deal that he is back. And I just assume he's going to be the contender because he's been booked so strongly even though he's taken out yeah. Damien Freak. Like, Pete Dunne, Kyle O'Reilly, Priest Cross. Maybe you can have Cross wipe through all of them. <laughs> just make sure he's 100% dominant going into them. He didn't, but to be fair, he don't really need to do that. He could just beat one, and then he's immediately there. But yeah, he seems... They're setting up something. That's what it feels like. These four will be relevant in some manner. I assume he's facing Priest first. Uh, they, I'm assuming this also takes Priest out of the match next week. He's part of that thing as well. He's no longer in the NA scene. You can completely remove him from it and put him with carrying Cross. And yeah, it's it's a big deal. And I've named the episode like, is this the end of Finn Balor's like? Is his time up essentially? Mm-hmm. Is Cross just going to take back the title and they finally just get back to what they were going to do before the big injury? And they never seem to have a plan. Also got unlucky with Finn Balor also getting injured, so just not had an NXT champion on TV for a while now. Uh, yeah. It's been in limbo ever since Cross got injured, which it does suck. But you can pick well, back up again. <laughs> well, well, one say one would say that like if you want to, you know, if you want to do all this goofy stuff with your titles to where like you make you have a title unification match, the, then like the person that wins the title unification match just hands one of the belts over like a week later or two weeks later, mm. and then like you immediately have to, you immediately have to move that guy up to the main roster to not do anything with him. <laughs> or much or less than or next to nothing to do with him and it's like this is you know if you were someone to believe in karma or the wrestling <laughs> gods they one would say that like this is a 
you tempted fate and you are this is what you sow or this is you reap what you sow uh, i don't necessarily believe in karma but like I'm, I'm sure some people do and that's and and i'm sure they're like yeah you shouldn't have been you should you should have handled this with more care mm-hmm. um i uh i think they're gonna get to, i just think they're gonna start back to cross um i i just do uh, mm-hmm. i think that's they you know they they had him just they had him just manhandle everybody. They gave him a monster push. Like he he started. It basically gave him like the Brock Lesnar two thousand four two thousand four push, where like he shows up like basically right after WrestleMania time, and then like he's a champion at SummerSlam. So um, I don't I'm not, I'm not really much of a Cross fan for what I've seen of him. Like I like his squash matches, but like that match with Keith Lee was so underwhelming that I'm like, okay, so what's he going to do when he's in there with, like, the non-monsters? Like, if you can't have a, a, a great just beat him up, throw him, throw him around match with another monster, then you, what are you going to do? You're going to do that with – you're going to have one of those with a smaller dude? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I have seen good stuff from him on the indies. I just, you know, I just fully expect mm-hmm. to not see that. <laughs> so I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, oh, gotcha. I do think – like, this is – like, in terms of Scarlet Bordeaux's character – the aura around her in NXT, I feel like, is it feels so much better than anything I'd seen of her before NXT. I, I'm not a massive fan of the supernatural stuff, like the fireball, <laughs> to Keith Lee, that era. That's so <laughs> That's, goofy. Yeah, I, like when I go back over the things that happened over the past year, like until this moment, I literally forgot that happened. <laughs> Just like weird nonsense. <laughs> I, I thought I thought about it um when he as soon as they i saw the buzzard or i'm sorry the the vulture at, at, mm-hmm. during takeover i was like oh he's back all right <laughs> I, yeah. I i just like it, it's interesting like they got like i think that finn balor as much as i i think his promos are just so uh, like mm-hmm. i like i like this character at first and then like he's become a parody of what of what it was um, where he was more like he's more like a a bit of a hitman with a with a with with plan tactical plans of what he's his next line of attack. But now he's like, all right, well now I'm just like I'm the top guy, and the, the top guy talks in, you know, <laughs> the guy talks in like talks in the lingo terms. I'm like, all right, that's not really interesting anymore. Um, but and and like straight, like honestly, like he's having the, he's had the best matches, best NXT matches like in this run, like the Gargano match. Um, the riddle match, the match with uh, with Priest, the match with uh, Champa, the match with uh, just with with O'Reilly. Like, I think the, those are the best slay to take on match he's ever had. Right. So, mm. um, it, it's really weird that you know I think they're going to just go back to what they were doing, but like I don't really like the idea of either one of them really being the champion, but. That's that's kind of the way they position it. So like that's where we that's where we're headed. Um, I think there I think you can get more use out of Finn Balor fighting like the Pete Dunn's in the world, the Kyle O'Reilly rematch than whatever we're gonna do with Cross. Like because I don't think ultimately like that's gonna be like the standard of what we've gotten out for out of NXT takeover title matches and main events um, in the last like three years. Hmm. Also, little uh, Balor critiques. Uh, the way that he phrases uh, what is his current story of uh, is like saying, a New Year's Evil on January 6th, who's going to get that Finn rub? It's like, come on, mate, you yeah. got to stop using that phrase. <laughs> like, come the on. Rub, the like... rub, and, and, you know, and, and talking <laughs> yeah. about popping numbers and stuff, and uh, mm. it's just like, all right, dude, like, we, mm. like, tr- Hunter, stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop. <Yeah. laughs> 
but yeah, so after that, we got uh, Pete done after the break. He was about to give his answer when Killian Dane comes up. Like, oh, continuity monster returns. <laughs> Killian Dane <laughs> attacking him, and we got some uh, retaliation for what happened about a week ago. Also, uh, thank you, WWE. I can no longer just use the word retribution. So when I'm writing this column, writing this, my notes for this, I go, I can't use retribution. I can't. This is the word for what's happening. <laughs> I can't use it. Ah, oh, thank you. Anyway, uh, the, and the, the uh, one stream that Latter's in the chat for is the one where Swerve loses. It's Jake Atlas versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. And uh, this is a critique I've got the Cruiserweight division is that they only have one wrestler really active at a time who's challenging Escobar. And then once that's done, you're cycling a new one and there's no depth to the division whatsoever. It's just one contender, the champion, that's it. And maybe they're there in the side. Uh, I want to say at least with Atlas and Swerve, at least that was, oh, these are two past people who have challenged the man. That's more depth than the division's had <laughs> in ages, just to have these two these two people here. But they're putting over Atlas. So it felt like, like for me, right. when I was watching this match, I was like, oh, this is just the next person putting over Atlas, but at a higher difficulty level. That's kind of what I yeah. got at this. I, um... I mean, they do have the part where, you know, they team together to take on uh, Phantasma of, uh, maybe it's like a month ago, or sorry, Legato del Phantasma like a month ago, um, in the yeah. aftermath of the the Atlas and um, Drake Maverick thing. Like, the, and, you know, that's where you had Ashanti Adonis show up, but um, they didn't touch on that at all. They, like, wrestled this match, and it was like a four, five, four-minute match, it was good. It was good stuff. But it was like only four or five minutes, and then Atlas won, and then um, it it looked like they were going to turn Swerve Hill. I'm just like, how many people do you have to turn Hill on this on this on this brand? It's yeah. like, 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 can we have any baby faces? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my immediate reaction was, I don't know, something to do in it. <laughs> He's not really doing anything. <laughs> so yeah, good for, uh, good for him, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is podcast doing yeah, alright? Like <laughs> Swerve just doing came. Swerve, well, this is the mm. thing. Also, like uh, Rich does some work with Swerve, um, and during that that six way match that I was talking about, like Swerve took a dive mm. where like they didn't catch him, and apparently that messed up his his hip or something. Mm. So like he's been out of action. He's actually been injured, and like but no one's brought it up. So like that's actually the reason why he's been gone. It has been like it wasn't really a Creative has nothing for you. Is actually was rehabbing. Mm. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, oh, I've I've put ellips, ellipses in my notes for the gag and everything. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, he. Uh... My bad. My bad. <laughs> I'll just ignore it now. <laughs> I'll just move across. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Jake Atlas is the cruiser of the moment. So Swerve never stood a chance. Uh, this week, a, a much closer contest for the man. Uh, he only just won out by reversing. I think it was a Swerve cradle. It just. I think I think it's worth, yes. worth yeah that was it yeah uh, outlet I cut well I guess it's it's kind of like outmessing the man for a split second and that costs worth which is uh, yeah. better than you no know, nonsense finishes we get elsewhere on the card so I'll give that it's like no interference or anything it was like a, a lapse in judgment for a second and it cost him it's like yeah I like that it works yeah who then yeah, uh, yeah as James was just saying refused to take Atlas's hand he's got something to do <laughs> we'll see what happens after this he walks up the ramp yeah, with an like angry face. So, yeah. Yeah, like he, you can see him shaking, and it was like, oh, God, he's going to turn heel. 
Like that's that's my that was that's what my my first thought was like, okay, he's gonna turn heel on him like at some opportune time. Hmm. Oh, uh, latter with uh, a comment on the Swerve stuff. He said he's had so many convos with Swerve uh, about him being in a, in, a, in a baby face. He can't believe they're about to turn him. <laughs> Just with the laughter afterwards. So yeah, yeah, he did the angry pal on the ramp, refusing the handshake and everything. That man's turning. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be oh. He's going to be hobsing it from AW, where he's just put, got the scowl on his face now because he's with Taz. <laughs> it's the same man, just with the <laughs> face to it. Like, yeah, he's going he's gonna to hobs it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so after that, we've got Champa's uh, thing on Grimes. I think we already talked about this a little bit when we brought up Champa earlier. He calls Grimes like loud, brash, ignorant, uh, but maybe he's just insecure, disguising himself as confident. Uh, we'll find out which it is tonight. Uh, that was his little promo for that. Which then led into my, I guess, favourite match of the night, just because it was a fun tag team match. And I've just finished AEW before jumping into NXT, and it was... <laughs> Sorry, Fitch just made me laugh. Like, how are we going to sell albums with him as a bad guy? <laughs> like, no. Oh, oh so, so basically he's like, uh, he's like Morris Day, like being antagonist in uh, Purple Rain, where like he says the line about, <laughs> about, uh, about Prince's dad like hurting himself, but then in the end, he makes a face where like he's sad at himself for making that statement. It was peer pressure made him sad because like at the end of the day, Hills can't sell albums. Yeah. That, that's basically where he's that's basically yeah. where he's coming at. Wow. <laughs> Mitch will just have to like baby say baby face well spoiler pardon the pun, everything the man does. <laughs> it's like, no 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 yeah. no. It's just, no, he's a, he's, it's, it's, yeah, this is a reason. Uh, but yeah, so we got Grizzle doing veterans versus Imperium versus Everrise. Uh, I made a note last week, but uh, a little pop for me is the Grizzled Young Veterans scarves, which are Liverpool scarves, which Liverpool fans will wear to the matches, but with Grizzled Young Veterans written on it instead of Liverpool. It's like, yes, big big mark-out moment for me. <laughs> that was uh, great to say. I love that little detail. <laughs> uh, for me, like, Grizzled Young Veterans have been a massive injection of life into this division. They're just a team with actually something behind them, and compared to what we've been getting this year... That's a massive boost. Like you, you just when with an actual properly like tag team in there, it's like oh, this the difference of the feeling. Oh, it's incredible. Because I was just bringing up that with AEW before I laughed at Richard's comment. <laughs> with AEW, they'd had their strong run of tag team stuff as well. We started off with like Young Bucks kicked off the show. Then there was another tag match that followed it as well. They uh, teased the oh, is it the acclaimed? Is that what they called? Come. The acclaim versus SCU, yeah. and they also teased that they were going to they were going to attack uh, the Young Bucks from behind, and then SCU made the save to stop it from happening. Yeah, so many like strong tag teams in one segment. Never mind, it was then followed by another tag team match, and right. uh, then promoted other tag team matches on the show as well. So uh, watching AW then going into NXT, where I'm just like oh, a proper tag team injected into this, and right. Imperium back as well. I was like, oh god, I <laughs> we've had months of. <laughs> Uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze with um, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane facing Everrise is like this is just like <laughs> it's night and day. And you got Birch and Lorcan established deals as well. <laughs> it's just it's actual. We've got toys to play with finally, like actual tag teams as well. Because uh, right. we you talked about earlier with um, NXT never recovering from uh, they, that tag team kerfuffle, I call it. And now I'm like, well, the groundwork is kind of there. For the, they've got actual teams again for the first time in quite a while. And uh, yeah. the sign of they're good as well is Everrise 
felt like didn't feel like they didn't belong. <laughs> For me, it's like yeah, sign that Imperium and Grizzly Veterans are both amazing. <laughs> That's the sign. If everyone in the match feels over that, and uh, it, when I've watched a different one, everybody felt like part of the joke. It's like, no, it, I yeah, this match was great for me. I mean, I do really enjoy like tag team chaos stuff. So I am, I am a bit yeah. biased. This was perfectly perfect on the honor plate for me to enjoy, and that's what it was like. Middle of the card tag team, really quick match, fun. Got grizzled in veterans over as as they outsmart Everwise. Had Everwise as like the capitalizing team, Imperium the quick efficiency, and uh, Grizzled Veterans with the awesome tag team fluidity. I don't know if they're face or heel, Grizzled Veterans, because to me... Oh, they're heels. <laughs> is that Gibbs in a baby face? Mm. That's the thing, is, like, no. is every team these... in this match a heel? <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. And, then the champ- and then the champions are also heels. Like, yeah, it's mm. a, they, they have to... They have to come up with a baby face team, um, I, and you know it, they could bring in Mustache Mountain, of course. He could also always bring in Mandrys and Morgan Webster. Um, we'll see what they come up with. Like I thought that at times they, uh, I thought that there may have been a, a path towards doing Thatcher and Chomp as a tag team, uh, but they're going to feud more. So that does at least not in the cards for now. Um, I, I really like this match though. Um, the story of it, like uh, hmm. the work wasn't like, it wasn't like as good as uh, Young Bucks versus uh, Hybrid 2 uh, on Wednesday, but it didn't need to be. But like, I do like the idea or, or the story of the match to where like Everize or the or geeks, of course, the two real tag teams are, are uh, Archer, I'm sorry, Eichner and Bartell and uh, Grizzly Young Veterans. Hmm. And those are the two that are actually going at it. And Everize doesn't actually want to, fight and they're actually doing a real triple threat where three people in the ring for the tag match as opposed to just two and like the Everize realize their geeks don't want to have any interaction they, don't, they just want to let the two teams tire themselves mm-hmm. out and try to pick the bones they beat their ass and then like they're just out on the floor while the real tag teams go at it until they recover and by the time they recover the two real tag teams have worn on each other and then you get them trying to make advantage of the stuff like it was it was a it was a neat story as opposed to the simple you know triple threat trope mm. of you know of all right someone gets hit with a move they just roll out the ring for mm. 3 minutes and then roll in to throw another person out the ring and try to steal pins like so i, I really enjoyed the match yeah like uh, evervise's tactic to essentially just- Play third wheel and let the other two make out. <laughs> the entire match, like I liked the <laughs> idea. <laughs> it, just, it didn't work. They, right. they got injected. They then were in, and then they they became the capitalizing team, which again right. was a nice injection, especially with Grizzly Veterans and Imperium in a way trying to out wrestle each other and out impress, outdo them as well. And then you got the team capitalizing off of every little mistake or uh, room to breathe or whatever. So yeah, a really fun match uh, to follow. Uh, I'm like again the cruiserweight stuff. I'm just not. There's not much to it, <laughs> really. Right. Yeah. But at least uh, this match was really, really fun. We then got a big old war games recap with talking heads and everything. So oh, war games, man. That was it. Was war, man. It was war, war games. <laughs> so that's essentially what they all said. Uh, Tony Storm afterwards with a little interview talking about the match with Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon later in the night. Uh, after War Games, folk keep talking about Ember Moon because she did that awesome eclipse off the top. Uh, S- Storm, but like, she's like, but I won the match. But but the spotlight's on Ember Moon. Like tonight, that's going to be snatched back. And when Io Shirai popped on in, he's like, I've got, I haven't got a problem. I just don't like you. And they go into a fight, <laughs> brawling into the ring. 
leading, yeah, leading all the way to the ring as Tony escaped from the moonsault right into Ember Moon and a nice mirror of what uh, Tony Storm did to Ember Moon, launching her into the ring steps. A uh, yeah, a nice little receipt there and back into the ring to receive the moonsault, which then led into the main event later. And yeah, I don't know if we're building to more multi-women stuff, but keep again. It's the, it's not. It's the thing of oh, war games is finished. Let's just split up the teams now and go our own ways. Like no, that's the consequence right. of the match. <laughs> yeah, so I, right. Yeah, I did like how there were consequences for war games here, and quite they're trying to. I, they're both very blatantly putting a lot of stuff behind Raquel Gonzalez, but the rest of the division is still flowing and building quite naturally around her as well. So I can't. It, it yeah. can't be one of those things of oh they're pushing the big powerful less. It's like well they are also doing stuff for the rest as well. They're not just getting dropped because oh look at the big shiny toy. So no, the other the other toys get the time to play. I don't, that may have all got yeah. away from me. <laughs> so, yeah, the rest of it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this was a nice little yeah, thing to do to the main event. Yeah, in like for Raquel to get her you know TV title shot whenever like that's fine. Um... I, I wonder though, I wonder what's next for EO after that because they did that that this that fight thing with with Tony, um, but there's still no resolution or or we don't know if we're going to go with that or if we're going to get a resolution to uh, Tony and Ember. I don't know when I don't know what it, one of those are next, but I don't know what is next. But it seems like it's going to happen in 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 a One's, one's following the other. I don't know which is first, though. Yeah, again, it's the benefit of having such depth through a division. Is you know, There's so many pieces could be the one up next. Uh, so, yeah, again, kudos, and it leads to the main event later. Uh, now it's time for Cameron Grimes versus Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> Told you to save the accent. <laughs> uh, the two tussling as Thatcher mirrors Ciampa's presence with a seat on the ramp. So the story immediately is out about the guy on the outside. Right, okay, cool. Uh, Grimes with an actual tactic, my god, in targeting the neck, worked on the night uh, at War Games. Uh, but Champa will strike you down with a beautiful vengeance. Uh, Cameron Grimes didn't fare too well as the mooch move, uh, sorry, as the match gradually moved into a run of strikes. Uh, but had an in after Thatcher's student, whatever his name is, decided to run in and attempt an interference again on his behalf. I think I got his name written down later. Uh, Tyler Rust, that was it. Ran in yes, that's his name. To it. And yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, he had an in Cameron Grimes, but didn't work. Champa just slid out the ring and immediately went up onto the apron to hit the widow's bell, draped DDT to win the match. And uh, Tommaso and Timothy not breaking eye contact. That makes him sound nowhere near as serious. <laughs> Timothy Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, Tommaso and Timothy didn't break eye contact. Uh, Thatcher. Then beat the southern man up like poor lad. He can't have any friends. <laughs> Everyone just beats him up. Even the baddies beat him up. Uh, yeah, so uh, continuing the build for Thatcher, Champa. Not entirely sure why. I, I wasn't again with uh, me. So I didn't watch War Games live either. So I don't know if that's no, quite okay. a compelling a thing. And I s- skipped a lot of the middle cut of the card. It just didn't entice me. Okay. Wasn't really caring for it. And Champa versus Thatcher was another one where I just kind of like skimmed through it rather than properly watching it. Like after War Games, I just mm-hmm. wasn't feeling a match like that. I, I think I think I even right, skimmed through right. them afterwards all the way to the North American Championship. I just wasn't feeling it. So this continuing, uh, fine, <laughs> I guess. 
it's it's continuity. There is that Felix again. They're not just dropping it. Thatcher is it, what he's doing fits his character. It's not a raw thing of let's do a plot point beat. Like no, it it fits him. Uh, are you are you a bit higher on it or? Um, I'm a bit higher on it because I like Thatcher's matches. Hmm. Um, like uh, this match was probably this match was very good from um takeover uh i i wish that thatcher had won but whatever um but like you know potentially he could get his win back you know how that goes when it comes to wme talk but um <laughs> but but yeah like I, I i did enjoy their matches uh or their match and i i would want to see it again so um it's fine with me i i mean i don't know what to make of cameron grimes i guess from a ross positioning standpoint like he's just like i thought that it, he could be actual mid carter and someone that could um, be serious, but given how they've treated him with Loomis and in or actually with from Priest to Loomis to this, nah, he's just a geek. Like he's a geek that's, that can squash uh, jobbers, but like nah, he's he's a, he's like the fourth number four heel. And mm. I mean, whatever, someone someone has to be number four heel, but I really like his matches. Um, he's a really good worker. It's like that with um with Cameron Grimes, he. Uh, I feel like the best place I saw him, PWG. I want to say because he always had a good run in the bowler, and okay, it, it was it was when he was doing his um, the best way to get heat on the indie scene was uh, to call himself like uh, Impact Wrestling Superstar Trevor Lee. <laughs> it was just like such a, and it got heat every single time. <laughs> it worked wow. to, to a point where uh, Excalibur was just like. We can actually get him into the final with this. <laughs> I don't think they. You might have even made the final. He didn't win, <laughs> but it's just the fact of they hated him so much. <laughs> he just soaked it in. It's just like I'm a superstar. <laughs> it's just like that for me. That was like the best. Where he's doing the same moves and things, but he didn't feel like a right. joke. And it was kind of that same kind of right. is it faux confidence or not? That was still there, but he didn't feel like a comedy wrestler. And the NXT kind of that's a WWE thing to kind of zone in on characteristics a bit stronger. And more, quite often you fall into like holes like this for Cameron Grimes, where it's the type of thing where I'm just looking at him and just thinking it's going to be so much worse on the main roster. Like he will just be a comedy act. It's so there's no way. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna <laughs> yeah. Be, he's gonna be next heap Slater on the yeah. main roster. Yeah, like it will be record time jobber like type of levels of things. Which uh, it's one of the things it's just written on the wall. It feels so blatantly the next thing to happen, uh, even though he's a right. great wrestler and he can go. Uh, anyway, so moving on with the I show. Mean, oh, sorry. Do you want to make some points? Oh, yeah. I was gonna say, like, and there's no shame. There's no. There's nothing wrong with being a r truth, a Heath Slater comedy guy. Like, get mm. sh- you don't have a bump. You don't have to take many bumps. I don't know how. You know, I don't know how many you know matches he's had and how long his career's been. But like, you get to get paid. You get to travel the world or whatever else. Like, there's no. There's nothing a problem with it if that's what you. If you know, if that's what you're. What you want out of uh, out of this, but. I don't know, given how good he is. Like he's hmm. he's damn good. So hmm. like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't think that's all he wants. Like I think he's good enough to go out there on takeover with a Gargano or a Swerve or a Kushida or whoever else and kill it. So I mean, it it depends on what he wants. We'll see. We'll see how much longer you know, because he I mean he's only been around for like a year or a year and a half. So, um, hmm. we'll, we'll see. Yeah, as so, uh, after this, we got Raquel Gonzalez just kind of re-emphasizing again that Ember's going to regret coming back to NXT. 
I'm big, I've got muscles, off she goes. <laughs> but we, we again, pretty much the essence. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, somebody worded it as, uh, well, Raquel Gonzalez, is just when she's out there, she just demands your attention. And that's something which, for WWE, that's just, like, that is such a star making thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 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 a real big Raquel Gonzalez fan. Like mm. over the last month or five weeks or whatever else, like she she should um she's she's been great um the last like recently like of late she's been oh, great. Yeah. yeah. What uh, when I say one of the most improved, I don't know if it's just because she's finally got the opportunity to show it as well. So it's a mix of the two, uh, like the right booking, yeah. the right opponents, and stepping up to the plate as well. So yeah, right. major thumbs up. And we get to talk a bit more about yeah. her later as well as they main evented. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jai Lee in training we've already talked about this earlier. You're punching the wooden doll thing. I can't remember what it's called. Right. I yeah. can't remember for life of me either, but I I just yeah. I've just seen it in a bunch of action movies. Yeah. Oh, I've I've definitely watched Bruce Lee punch one. <laughs> so they exist in the martial art movies. Uh, Bo was also taking kendo shot, shots again and again over his bleeding back and also some sl- awesome slow-mo punches to the face as the blood spurted out. That looked fantastic as well. Like, for me, this was... As soon as I saw... Like, last week, I was thinking, this is like Lucha Underground level of fantastic outside of <laughs> the area kind of stuff. Uh, this week, I felt like it was maybe even above that because every, every shot seemed to have such great purpose and was such high production. Because I noticed it with the shots yeah. of Blackheart stuff. Like, the shots you get Blackheart promos for War Games. Like, the production of these is, like, really high. Like, they're generally, like, really, really good. And quite often NXT, yeah. I think this was the point I was making last week, NXT quite often get the latest tech or the newest thing and they test it out on NXT first. Like, case in point would be the banners, the huh. electric boards around the ring. Like, just a, a little small case Right, right, right. Yeah, NXT got those right. first before they went to the main roster. And uh, as soon as I saw those, like... If well, if this quality transfers to the main roster, like this will great. I mean, obviously, the hard you'd have to you know plan something in advance to be able to film it, but which is a you know, major flaw currently. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the fact that they could make stuff of this quality that can get me excited. It's like yeah, imagine the one of the best things about Raw or SmackDown, whatever, is like the post production stuff when they make those video packages and everything. They're really good. As in, they're making yeah. like shit out of crap, <laughs> and they they knock it out of the park month after month, and yeah. uh, with this quality of production on top of that, yeah, they, yeah, that'd be great to see. Uh, but this uh, this video package here for like the third week in a row, I'm I'm just in. I'm really intrigued. Like, give me random old Asian man t- teaching the mysterious ways of something. <laughs> just say, yes, I'm in. Yeah. Okay, I. I I was interested in last week's when they were basically getting waterboarded. Mm. I thought, like, I wonder where this is going. I still think this is Xia Lee in Boa and, like, please don't be, like, because, you know, you see Legato del Fantasma, you see the obvious, like, mm. cartel parallels. Like, please don't just, like, put minorities into, like, basically these... The gritty, dark, backstreet, like, mm. uh, ethnic mafioso type things that, like, depending on their ethnicity. I didn't, so I, like, please don't make this into some triad thing. Um, I don't, I don't, as we're getting further along, I'm seeing less of that. 
So like I'm I'm yeah I'm my I guess my antenna is going down and like quite frankly like this week was was it looked so cool that I was like all right like I don't know where this is headed um I have so but it looks cool so I'm I'm willing to like drop my skepticism for now yeah so, yeah so um, my that was my exact worry whenever they did it like two three weeks ago I think you've almost said word for word my exact worries <laughs> where I was just like. I really don't want this to go like other uh, like, like a triad route. I think they use the word accuser because I'm accidentally a bit racist against Asians. <laughs> but they <laughs> they do um, they do that's that's Japan. Yeah, that's <laughs> because yeah. I think I even said it on the stream because I didn't have it in my notes. I said yakuza and I was like, wait, no, that's the wrong country. Oops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you should have heard Rich like two weeks mm. ago when I was telling him all this stuff, and he's like, it's gonna be Mako Satomura. I was like, Mako Satomura is not Chinese, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it. I was like, I don't know what this is, but if it's Mako Satomura, they need to stop immediately, <laughs> immediately, because <laughs> it makes no sense. She, she, she wrestles in red. China's colours red? <laughs> Is that close enough? <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, but yeah, the, these video packages have been great. So yeah, uh, VTR to bring over a Japanese term. Just, let's just, just go for it. <laughs> We've all got the wrong country. Let's, go, let's hammer home. Uh, after that, a Merry Gargano celebration. I put Merry because it's December. Uh, Johnny all happy as the North American champion once again. Once again, because it's three times. Again, case in point, we've already talked about that earlier. And uh, Austin Theory, now officially part of the family. I'm not going to lie, at War Games, when th- the way he went, it was me, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> the fact that he had to say his name. <laughs> I found that so funny. Uh, and they, they played him up a bit of an idiot in this bit here. I don't know if they've shifted his yeah. character to uh, a bit away from cocky to, oh, you, you're just not very smart, are you, Austin? Kind of doing that little bit of a shift. Uh, but the Gargano's walked out of War Games entirely victorious. Uh, Johnny made a trophy of sorts for Candice with a... I, I wanted to say it was like a troll toy thing. <laughs> I don't know what that was on the top of it. <laughs> Just dressed up it, as... it was close to a troll, mm. yeah. yeah that, eventually, they got they, they joked about for ages uh, with uh, uh, Austin's a bit of an idiot thing. Indy was there to save Austin from purely taking the, the stuff off the rails. Eventually, they got to the point Johnny and Austin have got a tag team match next week against Priest and Ruff, but oh no, what's going to happen? What happens here with Damien Priest? Uh, mention the name, out they come. I guess it's that. I was going to say, is that continuity? But they're pointing out something which they also do. <laughs> so it's another one. Uh, Damien Priest starts chatting crap at the team when Karrion Cross full on returns to the show and takes him out, beats the man up all over the place, uh, throwing him into every corner of the Titantron, every pokey out a bit or into it, Damien Priest went eventually uh, completely taken out by Cross and yeah, that leads to suddenly, oh, what's Ruff going to do because he hasn't got a partner we got that answer a little bit later uh, yeah, I, I'll be honest for this, I was like, a lot of the stuff is happening in this promo, but I've written like four lines <laughs> in my notes, <laughs> like I've got so little it's like, a lot of it was just kind of like throwaway stuff I guess it was it's, it's a new person in the faction character establishing it like it, it kind of feels a bit like a faction now so they can actually all stand in the ring have their little promo everyone gets their piece gets their time uh, yeah I, I was fine with it uh, it's it, again I think I've often said with NXT I don't really get over critical a lot because there's 
just a lot of building blocks, and he can't, I can't really like the VTRs for Jaili and stuff. Like, I can't be that critical because I don't know where it's going. It's just a building block. Uh, this was a full-on character building block. Um, I don't know where. I don't have a clue at all where it's going afterwards. Maybe we got an answer in Kushida, but as I pointed out earlier, Kushida got seemed to get a quite decent run and then just vanished off the face of the earth. So who knows? <laughs> it's the best thing to that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, what do you make of the Gargano? family um i like the idea of establishing a gargano family faction um i you know i i've said it before i'll say it again like i'm not cool with austin theory being on tv but whatever it is what it is i guess um but yeah like i think that um, Gargano is the level of promo to be able to carry such a thing, and I think that Candice, during this whole War Games run, has been has done such a has improved so much on the mic that like those two can do this. Like I feel like when they first both turned heel at beginning or you know in the spring, like they had no idea. They just turned them heel without really having any idea what to do with them, and they decided to do those family dinner things and you know they would do the the, the weird vo- you know voiceover thing where they would fade to black and the weird voices and the the, the camera effect or whatever else mm. like it feels like they've been chipping away at this and now they they're finally onto what they're what their fully formed thought out idea in um along the way it's, it's it's gotten better and better and better um i you know it sucks that candace you know broke her arm um but you know, I, you know, I, it looks like she'll be back sooner than later, given that she's in like a she's not in a hard cash. She's in mm. a, you know, one of those soft deals. So um, she got a she, you know, hopefully it's not as bad as it could have as it could have been. Um, but, yeah, I think I, I, I like the idea of them being a faction and you know, this part of the quote unquote development part of what NXT was and is kind of sort of not really anymore. Whereas like, all right, um, you have basically two player coaches, put them with two other people that you see something in and, um, put them together and make something happen. Um, like Austin theory is a, you know, they spent most of the beginning of the year, put them in the ring with, you know, like Damian priest and Ciampa and, um, Adam Cole and Gargano and, uh, a few other people swerve for example like they clearly want something out of him and they clearly put him in the ring with a bunch of young dudes and, and the matches were good when he was you know in there with the veterans so like you put him in there in tags with gargano or whatever else and he becomes a heater for him like sure whatever that you know that's a that's a that's a good role to be in like hmm. uh they can have good matches together and good you know stuff interacting with each other like We'll see what they do with the he's a he's just a bumbling idiot, but um, that part. But you know, I, they're, they're going to have a couple promos in the near future where like it actually works. I don't think it really worked this time, um, but we'll see. The, the, the one point I'll make of it is with uh, it's, a, it's a point I was making of when uh, Lana came out on Raw a couple of weeks ago, and suddenly. She's uh, fawning over people like Bailey in NXT. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm... it's it's Asuka. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm a team with Asuka. It's amazing. I might get a championship match. That's incredible. And I was like, 
none of these characteristics existed last week. <laughs> they just appeared out of thin air. <laughs> like none of this has been established as Wait, a thing you would do. So Lana's so Lana's like Bailey NXT now, like but beginning of Bailey NXT now. She was for a week, <laughs> like for what, like the week after Survivor Series. She was like, "Oh my god, I can't, this is amazing! This is incredible!" And then it's kind of like that characteristic has been there a bit, but it's kind of like. It's like that character's gotten a bit used to the situation. Is kind of how they've done it afterwards. But, so, are you supposed uh, to get the time when like she was a number one contender and had multiple title matches against oh, Naomi yeah, yeah, in two thousand seventeen? Yeah, that didn't happen. Forget just, that. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, my main worry is I've literally just seen that on the main <laughs> roster. <laughs> like somebody turns up, suddenly they've got a brand new characteristic that never existed before, was never kind of teased or anything. Just one week, suddenly they're a different human. So, there's. It's like they had an idea to get them over, but you know, let's do that this week then. <laughs> this type of thing. This is a bit of a worry. Um, so, with Austin Theory, will this exist next week? Will it be built upon at all? And like, at least he's taken time out in the next team, which is developmental. So, there's always that. Is it developmental? Uh, let's not get into that rabbit hole. <laughs> there is that issue of. Um, it could just be a random trait that never appears again because that's a main roster issue, but in NXT, we don't normally see that. And if we do, it's kind of just like, well, they're testing stuff out, aren't they? It's NXT. <laughs> they're testing stuff out, that's fine. It's NXT. I'm not going to throw my toy out of the pram. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Tyler Rust, the student who attacked Champa earlier in the show. Uh, he gets a promo for some reason. <laughs> I'm going to put that over. When Malcolm Bivens, are like, oh, I, f- I forgot he's there. <laughs> if, it wasn't, if I didn't follow him on Twitter, I would just forget he's there. <laughs> just... So Malcolm Wiffen steps in and attempts to hire the man and bring him in. Because he had the two large Indian lads. And I think their name was Indushir, right? Mm. And then they just didn't... It just didn't work. The actor just didn't click. And it's like, oh... Because when he got signed, it was like, he could be a fantastic manager. And then they had Robert Stone do a jokey little segment. It was like, oh, I mean, uh, he'd be... He would have been great at this. <laughs> but Robert Stone, again, Robert Stone wasn't awful at it. The booking for it for me kind of broke that for me. I thought he was fine with Green. Uh, but, yeah. And have, then have, we seen, have we seen Robert Stone since Mercedes Mar- Martinez lost that, that cage match? No. Like, her getting called up to Retribution, like, that was suddenly, like, every idea they might have had is like, we've got nothing for you now. It's just, <laughs> and now she's off the face. I, when, when she's I say, not even on the roster. That said, like the organist- <laughs> Mercedes Martinez dodged a bullet, <laughs> as in getting out of that gimmick. Yeah, it, which is yeah, not being anywhere is still better than being in retribution. <laughs> like no question. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I was calling for her to be the like instead of Ian Shavai. I was like, yeah, Mercedes Martinez. I've heard just come back to NXT and. You've got history of Ray Ripley. Just why not have them be in the same team of enemies? My en- enemies, my enemies, my friends type of situation. I'd be fine with that. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I'm not going to complain about EO. We got that trash can thing where EO was like the happiest woman in the world, <laughs> just beaming before she put that trash can on. Uh. And <laughs> yeah. in, in for future meme purposes, like you know, um, I think she probably has like a year left on her deal. Mm. So like. Imagine pretty soon she'll get called up, and like we can always go back to that to that meme oh, when yeah. they screw her up of her putting a dump a trash can over her head. <laughs> uh, she uh, even tweeted it yeah. out like a gif of it with just the. I think she just put "I'm trash." <laughs> then just <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> so that it's like be careful that that'll come back. <laughs> that can come back and bite you. Oh yeah. 
yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway, uh, Peter Doon versus Killian Dane. NXT UK was all over this show, so just a little notice. Uh, yeah. Main event as well, Ray Ripley, Tony Storm. Yeah, so, yeah all over the show. Uh, a nice, brawly telly match. Uh, Dane taking out his anger on his return following the attack. <laughs> Rich, on, now on the official account of Rich Lasser TV, <laughs> is Robert Stone alive? We don't know. <laughs> we do not know. Uh, yeah, so Pete Dunne, the like excellent wrestler, fighting back as Dane's taking out his anger. Uh, the strength of the Northern Irishman really on display once again, like just power bombing out of submissions like it's nothing, and a big old fisherman buster off the top rope as well. Like maybe even properly having the man's number in the latter stages, just slamming him down for something off the top rope, if not for the interferences. So this has been like a little thing on NXT. I will say this week. There were not as many <laughs> as there's been in past weeks, but the last oh, two nice. matches both had it, like just chock-a-block full of it. Uh, Birch and Lorcan running in, uh, but were met by the also-returning Drake Maverick, uh, fending them off with a chair, but posing on the ramp with his thumbs up in a job well done way too early. <laughs> I just In terms of like the comedy act between, I was like, how are they going to... Are they just going to paint Drake as serious this week? And he's like, no, he can't be serious. No. He was like, I've done it, Dillian. I've done it. <laughs> and then he just gets whacked over the back of the chair. He's <laughs> like, oh, oh, one chair shot's not enough. Surely you know that. So uh, Dane then has to go and help out. And he does help out. He does beat them up. But that leads to Dunn back in the ring, just clobbering him and hitting him with the bitter end for the win. So ah, Drake tries. And after the match, you got Drake checking on Killian. He's like, oh, you're right, mate. And came to piss off. <laughs> like, no, you were ineffective. Shoved him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like them. I like that dynamic when it's it, weirdly their tag team matches. I think I said before that that would be so over on the UK independent scene, just that kind of childish act because we're essentially just <laughs> drunk children. <laughs> so they'll get over so much. But with um, with it, how it is in NXT. For some reason, I prefer the dynamic of Dane, the super serious guy in the ring, and then you get a little dose of Drake rather than like the rather than the match being full of it. You get kind of like a little flavour, and I felt like that kind of worked. As in, Dane never shifts in full on into comedy, apart from at the end where he's got a laugh out of me, just pushing him away. <laughs> I thought it was quite good, uh, but yeah, Dunn continues to get booked relatively strong after the Pat McAfee stuff, which is good to see. Yeah. Yeah, um, I liked this match. It was a good match. It wasn't it wasn't anything to like write home about, but it was a good match, and I, I do like the idea of the baby face that got destroyed. You know, his mouth got broken. Uh, comes back in like a month, and like he whoops his dude's ass for uh, the majority of the match, and then you know, uh, done at the end, gets a little bit of help, and then puts him away, and he gets out of there. I, I, I so yeah, I um, I liked it. Um, I I don't want to see a rematch. I think that she's as she's in there and they move on to doing like Maverick and Killian versus the tag champs Oni and Lorcan. Uh, whenever Oni's eye or whatever else is on point to be able to do that, like I think they should that they should transfer that to that and keep Pete Dunn away from it because that's just like look you you don't get a chance to get your come up piss on Pete Dunn. You're good. Go that way. I said, yeah, I think I totally agree, actually. Have Pete Dunne interact with the three other guys who walked out with Finn Balor, and then you have the, the other two go for the tag titles. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. Especially as, yeah. in that meanwhile, you're currently building up the underneath of that division as well, so you'd have some pretty strong contenders by the time you're done with that. But yeah, it's a win-win all around. It's decent stuff. Also, Pat and his merry men, as I donned them, 
get to continue there. Oh, I've run out. No, Robin Hood. No, nothing works. <laughs> I, was, I was like, continue the Robin Hood thing. Oh, no. None of these work with this situation. <laughs> uh, they continue to fire their arrows. There you go. At an efficient rate. <laughs> there you go. Archery. That's close enough. Leon Ruff. <laughs> Backsta- I'm just dropping it. Leon Ruff was backstage and uh, with, his, with his little interview thing. When Gargano cockily jaunts on in uh, after Priest is taken out by Cross, he's like, oh, what are you going to do? Take us on two and one. Oh, see you next week, chap. <laughs> and off he toddles. Uh, I like that from Johnny. <laughs> That's quite funny. Uh, but after he was done stepping yeah. away, Kushida offered to step in. And my only pro with this is if this is Kushida being smart and immediately like, I've got a way in to get the North American Championship match here. I'm going to use Ruff to my advantage. For me, that's the only that's the only route I can definitely think of off my head where off my head off the top of my head where I'll be fine with this. Other than just looking at it as like, well, we need to put someone in. All right, <laughs> I guess Kashida's there, not doing anything. Let's put him in. That's my for me. That's my worst case scenario. But I wouldn't mind it if it plays out as Kashida is another person just using rough to his advantage because he wants to get the championship again. Yeah, I'm. Fine for uh- that. It, it it's it's interesting. Um, I, I can see that too, and I'd be okay with like you know, they have that tag match. They you know, Kashida's destroying Theory or Gargano, and then they you know they find a way to isolate Ruff. They put Ruff on the shelf, and Kashida then you know chases after the U.S. or sorry the North American title and Gargano like that or Gargano goon whatever you want to call him. Like yeah, that that'd be cool. Um, I just I just remember. The cruiserweight uh, tournament that they interim tournament that they did beginning of the year were like Kushida. They had that three way tie in the A block with Kushida and Atlas and and Maverick, and then like Kushida just bowed out to Maverick because it was you know Maverick's job was on the line, and then ultimately at the end you found out all this was a ruse because like it was the masked men were. Delgado's people, um, or not Delgado, I'm sorry, Santos' people. Mm. Uh, I said Delgado, like, what did that mean? <laughs> um, Just like, yeah, it's so, a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Like, mm. so, so, like, instead of it being Kushida who should have naturally came in and stepped in to help Maverick, it made it swerve. Mm. Yeah. But now, when it has, well, now when it's something that has absolutely nothing to do with him, Kushida mm. then steps in. Yeah. It's like, so, like, it's Kushida, like, it's so, like, when Kushida, like, helped out Maverick, went away, and then, like, helped out, he's about to help out, like, Leo Ruff, like, is he just, like, granting Maverick? Like, is he, like, making he just grants, like, one wish and then fucks off? Like, mm. is, that, is that his thing? <laughs> but, phew, he hasn't got a thing, has he? <laughs> I guess it's, like, he's just there, doing things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just, I mean, he, he was, they, they, they gave him, they built him up on a, men's, a win streak, and he was off TV for the, because they were building towards, um, War games, but like he's still someone they gave a bunch of wins to. So like, if that's how they want to port him into a Gargano thing, like cool, fine with me. Um, I I would love to see Gargano versus uh, Kushida, like on some mm. type of in some type of title match where there's you know no nonsense on or on a takeover. I would love to see that. Yeah, I mean personally for me, just Kushida with a plan, just you know something to do, as in a consistent thing to do rather than right. popping up every now and then. Right. <laughs> like yeah, I'd be yeah, cool same with that. here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, would... like I'm tired of seeing him like in some random seven minute match where he's awesome for seven minutes, and mm. then like 
he just moves on to the next thing after beating somebody. Yeah. Like, I, I, for me, the comparison might be Keith Lee a bit, where he was in NXT for what felt like a while, doing nothing, and it was quite a while till he actually finally got... Cause remember at the time, there was quite a few people saying, you've got Keith Lee in your roster and you're not using him. It was, it was a weird period. But then, once they did start using him, he very quickly just became a megastar in NXT. But with Kushida, I feel like that's the comparison I'm making, where they've had him on their roster, they featured him every now and then, but it's getting to a point of, are you like, surely you can do something with him? Like, surely, like the talent of that man, surely you're going to do something. Right. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah, he's a talent which I don't see much of a future for on the main roster. It's just the way that they right, book right. the way that they book it. Everything. So, like, I mean, you can have a good NXT career for this next year or so, but the it's like, absolutely nothing to do with his talent. He's an amazing wrestler. That does not matter right. <laughs> on the main roster. Like, surely yeah. he's in trouble just because he's a yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> think of how charismatic Akira Tozawa is, and they have that man mm. in a ninja suit running around, mm. like after twenty four seven title. Mm, like, case in point, he's one of the best yeah. wrestlers in the world. <laughs> he's just. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, just lost in a comedy gimmick, and 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 my my other thing is the twenty four seven title not being on Raw. Those shows have flowed so much better <laughs> without these random short like bits in there. Oh, yeah, it's so, like I was like, oh, I mean, if he's going to be in those comedy segments, when I'm watching this show and I'm reviewing it, I give it a thumbs up when it's not on it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, a bit of a shame for him. Uh, but finally, we make it to the main event. And we've done so before we reach in two hours, so for us, that's an achievement. Well done. We haven't, we, that means we've not timed yeah. it too much. <laughs> it's kept it relatively in line. And the main event was Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon, as Raquel Gonzalez pretty much just naturally becomes number one contender over the course of these next few weeks. Uh, Moon trying to quicken the pace. Gonzalez just slamming that back down. <laughs> just right down on her face. <laughs> so, yes, I love that. Uh, the rise of Big Mama Cool continues. The first half of the match entirely about her stamping out Ember's fire. The former NXT Women's Champion eventually kicking her way in and uh, not changing tactic and immediately following that offense with a quick dive, just continuing to try and quicken that pace after she got in. But after returning from the ad break, we were in the exact same situation again. Uh, Moon getting worn down and then having to try and kick and reverse her way back in. In the latter half, finally able to swing momentum of moves to bring the powerhouse down. And uh, on the outside, Gonzalez found herself on the announce desk after a dive. Ember climbed a support structure, and I saw that. I was like, were they there all along, or are they just here for this episode? <laughs> the structures for the for war games. They left them there, and then I was like, why did they leave them there? And then, they, and then she started climbing. I was like, oh, that's yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> that's where like, TNA used to do that all the time as well. I was like, why are those... Tri- oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's why they yeah, I think, uh, yeah, environmental offense, is, uh, as Rich would call it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, they did all that after the break, and uh, Moon went to climb that and instead got pulled right off and sent headfirst into a steel post. So she didn't get to dive off it. It's not war games. You've done your high spots. If anything, kicking out after like after that gave Moon a run of fire, uh, even to the point of attempting the eclipse. However, she was instead impressively caught and just swung about. The first attempt of a Gonzalez single arm power bomb countered, but there was no messing about with the second one. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez with her second big win of the week. Uh, I'd be surprised if we aren't looking at the next contender for Shavai's title. Uh, but we don't go off air with just one hoss in the ring. No. 
we need two hosses. <laughs> this is NXT. <laughs> so first off, Tony Storm arrives. Um, she's all angry. She's got the angry face. <laughs> she's going to attack um, uh, Ember Moon in the ring. But Rhea Ripley stops that and saves the lass from getting uh, revenge exacted upon her. Uh, and then the show goes off the air with a big old stare down between NXT's two hosses, Big Mama Cool and Rhea Ripley, who doesn't have a nickname. <laughs> Those two are staring at each other. As uh, we go off air, it's like, hmm, yes, we're going to get the we're going to get the big Shingo versus oh, other big muscly person. I don't want to say Ishii, I want to say somebody else. <laughs> but yes, big powerhouses clashing. <laughs> Uh, yes, I think I had you on the last time those two faced, and we were just gushing over that oh, match. Yeah. <laughs> oh just, yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Like I was um I was on cloud nine that that particular uh, mm. week with the Wednesday shows because you had that great match, and then on the AEW side you had Hangman versus Wardlow, mm. and like I, I need to remember whatever that date was because that was like sometime in late October, early November. But like, I'm gonna, I'm that is like the date where like I was officially sold. I have, I have, I am buying as much stock as I can of these two <laughs> for different reasons. But I enjoy Wardlow and Raquel Gonzalez for different but quite sometimes similar reasons of just being hosses. And like, I, I'm, I, I, I would like to see a match between those two one day. Like, just two big, mean athletes that scowl and throw people around. Mm. Like, the uh, descriptions I give it for, like, uh, for Tommy Hirishi matches, like, meat slapping meat. <laughs> the, 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 yes. big, the big E. Yes. Oh, yeah. it, yeah. it would be a big E classic, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah the NXT's two hossers clashing again. Yeah, meat, meat bumping meat. <laughs> and it's just, yeah. It was fantastic last time. It really set the bar. Yes. And, uh, again, because there's the rumours of Ray Ripley being main roster bound. Uh, to be fair, they're probably there because she's finished her room, finished her runners with the NXT Championship stuff, and she's had the stuff with Charlotte. And I will say, in terms of like the rumors of the women's stuff, Charlotte was apparently really unhappy with how the both Raw and NXT turned out for her in that period, and is demanding something like properly in place for a return this time. As in, no, like I want a planned story this time, like something um, with a natural like plan for it. Because I, I think with the NXT Championship run. For me, that just screams that there was no plan for that. Like there was, there's no plan to eventually get anybody over. It's kind of dithered out, like that kind of thing. You need something in place of well, we're doing this because then we're going to get this person over by doing it. It just never. It was very clear that there was no plan for what Charlotte was going to do once she was NXT champion, uh, and apparently that's because uh, it was the like, strings being pulled on both Raw and NXT that things were changing so constantly. That's, again, why it felt like week-to-week booking with it. Because it was. Makes sense. Or even like two times a week booking, which is like doubly worse. Somehow end up in that situation. But it, if <laughs> if that means they're paying a bit more attention to the women's division, that's probably not a not a bad time for Mary Ripley to also get in. Because that means they're taking a bit of care of the women's division at that specific moment. Uh, so, obviously, she didn't have a choice on this. <laughs> so, so, who knows what's going to happen. Um, like Personally, this NXT Women's Division, the state it's in now, I'd be happy to keep everybody for as long as possible <laughs> before then shooting them off. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, the Charlotte thing is always just a conundrum because... She's obviously someone that was pushed to a certain spot and has been pushed to maintain to be at a certain spot, regardless of the quality of whatever she's doing at the time or whatever else. Like, 
I think you look at like her pay per view career and like she's almost out, out like it's very rare that like she's not in a title match. Mm. Like either she's involved with the title or or nothing else. Um, and I see the I see why they did what they did is like well we really have nothing for you for WrestleMania so like let's just make the NXT champion face you well of course she's going over it's like you know when you talk when like of course they're not going to put Rhea Ripley over uh, Charlotte Flair even though they probably should have but like they for a person that they gave the world to the second she came into uh, full cell with you know her Rhea's run. To the you know the, to the mm-hmm. title back in December and then like all of it came crashing down <laughs> and it hurt and it hurt inside like immediately after it was like yo like you gave this woman the world everyone loved the fact that she did this and then like you set her you almost like you set her up for failure like the, the first half of of 2020 and then like you know we finally got the EO match um, singles match and then like that was on TV instead of at a takeover and you know whatever. Um, but it's like, was that, was, mm. was that worth it? Like, are, mm. you know, like the only, and then, you know, you heard the triple H stuff where it's like, well, this is all leading towards something. And it's like, well, what could possibly pay off what happened to Rhea aside from her winning the rumble and then beating Charlotte at next year's WrestleMania? Yeah. And it's one of those things where you can almost predict to a T that's not going to happen. Like, it's just, it's just right thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously we want to be proven wrong that there was a plan that, well, even if there wasn't a plan, you've at least retconned it afterwards to make it, to fix it. <laughs> like you've done. So- right. I think I said before that WWE are sometimes half, like, they'll make themselves a horrible mess, but then they'll fix it by the end of it or, or fall yeah. into something like case in point who attacked Roman Reigns, Suddenly, they somehow end up with Eric Rowan as not uh, actually not bad, <laughs> like top heel, which is clearly not the plan. <laughs> but um, again, one of my favourite produced things by WWE because it's it's badly storyboarded, it's badly thought out, it's making it up week to week. <laughs> it's just um, oh, it's amazing. How how do you think you're going to get to a who done it? For for Roman Reigns' murder attempt, three weeks off for SummerSlam and having it being Daniel Bryan, and it makes sense. And then ultimately, they were left off the card. Mm. I, I cannot believe they left Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan off of a SummerSlam card. Because mm. I remember at the time, the feeling was that yeah, the, the story's I've used face not cooked, <laughs> like it's not ready. The dinner, dinner's not ready. <laughs> uh, it, it would have tasted horrible, but. I mean, if yeah. it was Daniel Bryan, it would have, you know, been a decent match. Just wouldn't have had any character stakes in it or story stakes whatsoever because it's way too early in a clearly made-up three weeks ago feud. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was yeah. again one of my favourite shot WWE things because just just for the production of that one attack on him, the again the storyboarding of it just because it's so jarring, <laughs> it's so bad, <laughs> it's. Uh, it, yeah, it's like university student in their first year levels of like you're just waiting there for to be a tripod in shot, <laughs> just something because <laughs> it's just so <laughs> bad. And I say that from experience of doing it <laughs> in first year. Like yeah, it's yeah, it was it was just so bad. <laughs> Hence why it's one of my favourite things. <laughs> it's just it makes me laugh every time I watch it. <laughs> it's amazing. Just uh, it, just just the, the final point. It's for me the bit that sells it is the Roman look out, and then it's the for some reason shot. <laughs> it's just, yeah, 
Oh, it's amazing. And, and then the picture where he's underneath like the jungle gym, and he's like on the ground. He's like still covered. I was like, it was it was a lot of meme worthy stuff. Like I felt, I can't believe that in 2018 they get Daniel Bryan back, and then in 2019 they get, they get Roman like returning from beating blood cancer, and they screw both of these two people up. It's like, <laughs> yeah, how? How? How, Slay? Uh, then, then Roman, I know we're off topic, but Roman then went from that to his never-ending feud with Baron Corbin, and it's like, oh, no wonder. Oh, no. Like, like COVID was a like reset saver for that man. <laughs> As in, that was his momentum going into WrestleMania. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we've drifted off topic because we have actually finished covering NXT. Real quick, real quick. Oh, real yeah. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> What what was Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin feuding? What were they feuding about? Dog food. That was the dog food one. They were they were feuding about who was the actual locker uh, room leader. Yes, that was it. And that came and that was and the locker room leader thing came out of the Saudi Arabia playing stuck on the tarmac thing when Roman when apparently Seth. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. cut a raw, cut, cut a speech, and it may have been raw, raw. Maybe people tuning out. It may have, he may have not said nothing else. But because Dave Meltzer may or may not have reported something wrong, then it turned into two storylines where Seth turns heel, where he it becomes the raw, raw guy, which leads to the Messiah thing, mm. and then on SmackDown, Roman Reigns and and Cor- and King Corbin are feuding over who's the locker room leader in a promotion. That is built upon game theory and who is the toughest tough guy in alpha male, where people turn on each other all the time. So who could possibly care about who's the locker room leader? All these people should hate each other's guts because they're trying to reach the top mm. in Mister Man's wrestling circus. <laughs> it, it was just like, uh, uh, okay, bro, okay, bro. Uh, that was in an era where I was. Writing, I had a weekly column covering like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW, so I was watching everything. And I ever got to SmackDown, I remember some columns. I was just like, I, 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 "Do I have to?" <laughs> I just, I didn't include SmackDown. I was like, "I've not watched it." <laughs> to come up to it, that was a bad era for SmackDown. Apparently, it's really good now. I just don't have the time to watch it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, my uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going back to SmackDown. Like I, I I've heard <laughs> good things with. I've heard mm. good things. But yes, it it, it mm. broke me. Um, it broke my back, spinal, in the words of Mike Tyson. Yes, <laughs> just done, done. Can't do it. Yeah. I can watch pay per views, and I can you know watch you know something that I you know if I hear something good or something crazy, like mm. I'll get it sent to me. But can't do it no more. I, it just it just it, it it really did. Like I I can't I can't. In a way that, like, after Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles where I just couldn't watch Laker games because, like, he wasn't the same Kobe Bryant, like, I cannot watch, like, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Ricochet, Keith Lee. I can't watch these people that, like, I love go go throughout here and get sent out there to do and get sent out there to die. I just can't. Mm. With bad material, I just can't. I can't. It hurt. it, it, it's it's a, one is assaulting my intelligence, and two is like I've seen these people do so much better, and this is not what they want to do. Obviously, they're doing their job, and I'm glad they're you know cashing these checks or whatever else. But 
this is soul stuff standard to the scenes you've seen them do before. You know they wouldn't do this unless there wasn't one guy in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's depressing at times, but <laughs> I say like, very. Yeah, uh, well, with Raw as, as outside of the Retribution stuff, would uh, for both Batman and Raw, they're nailing their main events. It's just underneath where it's just flat and. <laughs> AEW for me is showing case in point of why you should care about the entire card, like every single character on there. <laughs> they like pay attention to that. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of like NXT, in terms of like phasing two, the one thing in my column where I was like running down on NXT, just trying to essentially figure out, well, why do I feel like there isn't much weight to the show anymore? And uh, one of the pros was the women, and they're, they're just right. Yeah, it's a great consistency to see with the women. And the fact that they're main eventing a lot more regularly now is great to see. Like even Richard's suggestion of just give them even more a higher percentage of the show because they are the one consistent for me. Like the rest of the show is up and down. I think I'd say. Uh, I don't know. I feel yeah. like they're in, in the middle of in re-injecting some life after like the recent eras and things. It's just you know <laughs> maybe because <laughs> yeah. it feels like it feels like mm. they're always re they're always like if Triple H. <sighs> <laughs> The reason why I won't say Triple H is ever a bad booker is because obviously the past of the past, you know, five oh, yeah. years. But like even now, he gets himself into these situations, but he keeps resetting the table in these ways that are actually like interesting if he if mm. they weren't just for a quick three, you know, three week fix, four week fix in the way that it was like when like someone like a Russo was resetting the table every four weeks, it kept getting progressively worse and worse and worse and less interesting and more and more like cont- continuity issues mm-hmm. and so stupid and like, you know, Judy Bagwell on a, on a, on a forklift stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he hasn't d- gone there yet, but like he keeps finding things where I'm like, huh, that could be interesting. All right. They blew through that. Now what? And it's like, it comes mm-hmm. back to the hot shotting and like, for a while, it seemed like he had stopped all the hot shotting, and then like he did the EO match with Rhea, and that was really to get to War Games. And it's like, okay, so really, you're telling you you you're still hot shotting, you're just not hot shotting as much. And it's just like if you just stopped all together, I think you could, I think you could get yourself back on balance. Like at least in the men's division, the women's division, they could, they pretty much. They don't have these same issues. I don't know why, but they just mm-hmm. don't. Yeah, that's a point. Yeah, and uh, again, one of one of the commenters on my column was making the uh, a quite quite what I thought was quite a good point, just about with uh, NXT uh, in watching it sometimes because they're throwing so much like crazy stuff at the wall quite more often than not. It's like even though they're the counter programming, it's like they're the ones afraid to fail. It's just throwing as many things to try and grab your attention compared to AEW where they're taking risks quite often. Like, not afraid to fail with something. Oh, case on point would mm. be MJF and Chris Jericho doing a musical number. Like, if that's not a risk, <laughs> I don't know what is. <laughs> it's just, uh, like, yeah, one side is, again, running ladder matches three times in a month because ladder matches are, like, guaranteed and people will love them. Uh, it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm one of those people. It, I just... I think I was saying after last week, like, yeah, I really enjoy ladder matches. Never want to see one again. <laughs> I just want a bigger break. From ladder- Wrong time of the year to get this feeling. <laughs> I just want a bit of a break from ladder matches. Uh, uh, but yeah, so with the with AEW, it just feels like they're 
uh, take the bit more free to take risks and things and try things out. Whilst NXT, uh, just the commentators are making the point, it's it's like they're a bit afraid to fail, just make, trying to hold on a little bit while failing. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. It, it, yeah. It's weird. Like they get their teeth kicked in, and then like they still and whatever. Mm. It, it's weird. Like I mean, obviously, um, it, it it's a weird situation. Like I think they're at the point now where like they should just realize they can't compete and do their show, and yet and still, I feel mm. like they're not doing their show because I remember what the show used to be, and this ain't it. Mm. And it feels like the I don't expect them to leave because at the end of the day, they're counter programming so right. as soon as they we saw it like with both shows when one of them wasn't there be it, be it nxt be it aw both of their numbers went up and right course, about like two hundred thousand apiece both of them yeah so you're seeing it the fan base is like yeah i'd love that yeah both shows doing well yeah but that's why they're on the same day as in right <laughs> yeah one of them moves the other one and meet they they technically it's like oh you both benefit yeah but the other one benefits and that's enough. So yeah, right. Yeah, because I think that was when the days were soon announced, and um, I think it was uh, AW got announced as being on Wednesday after the news was coming out that they were trying to get Tuesdays, and uh, NXT then got announced for Wednesdays, and immediately someone just asked Meltzer, "Was like, oh, why do you think NXT's on a Wednesday?" He's like, "Because Dynamite's on a Wednesday." I thought that was pretty clear. <laughs> it's just yeah, um, and like again, personally as a wrestling fan, that means we get. Uh, with the special shows and things where we do get uh, well beginning of this year January 6th we've got both of them putting on special shows like AEW brought in Snoop Dogg <laughs> like, counter program that NXT <laughs> so that's where also I love apparently all the reports coming out of um, like WWE already showing a bit of grumpiness that Snoop Dogg's going on to AEW this is like but you're Sasha Banks cousin <laughs> you're ours Snoop <laughs> right. It's like, well, you're a WWE Hall of Famer. It's like, well, how many other people are WWE Hall of Famers that are on a, they're in AEW? Well, like, Sting. You know? Like, <laughs> Sting, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Snoop Dogg, like, <laughs> I'm sure I've already demonetized this this this, ep- this episode, so I'm not going to say I don't want to say, but, like, Snoop doesn't care. Like, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't care about about that. Like, Snoop Dogg is, you know, he's on the um, the show with Cody, that t- that um you know talent show thing that he's doing so he's doing the you know the pr- cross promotion thing um and plus it's Snoop Dogg like Snoop will show up anywhere and be his charismatic gregarious self and like and that's the end of the story like I, I can't wait I can't wait till he's do- he's doing commentary on AEW because it's like they need to just get out of his way and let him just be himself. Like he is like he can say he doesn't have to know anything about anything, and he still finds a way to like make it funny. <laughs> like over here, he's the um, he's the face of Just Eat. Is Just Eat a thing in America? Uh, maybe it's like the like a big online thing which uh, brings all of the like food delivery places like all into one online app. And you go on to just okay. eat to order from the different fast food restaurants and things, or like takeaways okay. especially. Yeah. So somehow they got Snoop Dogg, <laughs> and over here he's advertising like takeaway stuff. <laughs> so yeah. So that's a random cross international advertising thing for some reason. <laughs> like how did Just Eat get Snoop Dogg? <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, 
can't remember why we're talking about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> he's on the AEW. Oh, because <laughs> he because he's going to be on the AEW show. Oh, yeah, we're January talking 6. about the competing uh, Jan- January six shows. That's it. Yeah. So yeah, so we're getting New Year's the... Evil that's yes. happening after the New Year's. Yeah, and immediately people just posted pictures of Evil from New Japan. <laughs> like he's debuting. <laughs> it's just, no, I didn't see that, but that's funny. <laughs> that's why it's called New Year's Evil. It's literally about evil. Is <laughs> it no? Please no. Please no. <laughs> nah, Karrion Cross is winning the championship or something like that. I don't know. Baddie's a uh, Baddie's going to win a championship. <laughs> it doesn't matter what one of the titles a Baddie's going to win because it's evil and it's in your face like that. Anyway, <laughs> just as long just as long as just as long as New New Japan's evil does not show up on NXT, I, I, please please no. <laughs> the Chicago, so like, I know, I understand. I, I understand who I understand who his fiance is, but please no, no, <laughs> don't do it. I don't want it. Uh, with Dick Togo as well. Uh, I, I found it funny. Like the first first time Dick Togo showed up, my Twitter was like, "Oh my god, that's Dick Togo! That's amazing!" And within a week, they're like, "Oh, Dick Togo! For God's sake!" Right. <laughs> it's so funny. Right. Enough with this freaking wire choking people, man. Enough. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway, I'll be honest. I've like, if it wasn't for keeping it strong style, I wouldn't have followed New Japan like at all <laughs> in this little while. I've just, oh, I fatigued myself covering the G One with the Sam. It was just in terms of keeping up with this show and everything, and doing the G One, uh, watching it every time, every day it was out, and getting the column out in time every week. So yeah. I was I fatigued myself. I did. I was not ready. Like normally, you get the G one blues, and you, like, you start to you start to miss your New Japan for a bit. But I've realised this year. Oh no, the that period of the G one blues, that's a good thing because <laughs> I get to reset after this massive tournament. This year, it was like right into Power Struggle, right into Best of Super Juniors. Like there was no downtime for me. Uh, so when it came to Best of Super Juniors World Tag League, I'm just like. I've got nothing. <laughs> I've got no energy for this. <laughs> so, thank you to <laughs> thank you to the Keeping It Strong Style <laughs> podcast for keeping me informed at least. Uh, anyway, minute to the end of NXT, we've diddy dallied all over the place on random different topics. Sure did. Yeah, I, I finished my raw review in like thirty minutes this week. Like I had nothing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there was just like no extra things to say. <laughs> just got it done. Um, uh, uh, regular in the chat, a site cancel was just. Uh, and it's like, what? This is over so quickly. So, I've got nothing else to say. <laughs> I've got through everything. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I'll be back on Monday for the no, back on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review next week, and it's TLC after that. I, I think wisely, I'm planning to, to take two weeks off from doing this show over Christmas and New Year's. Yes, end of year stuff, which I'll be involved in. Be it even if it's just written, I'll be involved in end of year things. So it's always a busy time for anyone covering wrestling. The end of year stuff. So that'll still be happening, just I won't be doing the NXT Raw reviews for a couple of weeks after TLC. <laughs> it needs, you know, rest, sleep, we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> so organising family things in a pandemic, I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, anyway, yeah, we've got a vaccine, suck it. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so anyway, I'll be... also got Cyberpunk to play, so that's another thing. <laughs> Get Cyberpunk for Christmas, so... Hopefully there's a patch out for Matthew, <laughs> so the game's not broken when I play it. Anyway, I've got to get off this tangent. <laughs> I'll be on Christmas stuff any second now. Uh, yeah, so I'll be back on Tuesday and Thursday next week with these reviews. Uh, I've also been regularly streaming on Twitch over at The Implications with a with two S's. Um, I'm currently playing Death Stranding as it's 
um, fifteen pounds on the PlayStation Store. So I can't remember what it is in dollars. It might be like twenty dollars on the PlayStation Store. So highly worth your money if you've not bought that game. Yeah. So I'm walking around as Norman Reedus carrying lots of boxes. So that's fun. <laughs> so I want to check that out. I think I'll be streaming that tomorrow as well. Uh, I don't know. Wait and see. And also. I also follow uh, Wrestling Shorts on the Twitch as well. We're guessing on his channel quite a lot too as well. Uh, anything else? Rich Latter was in the chat loads. He does Twitch. <laughs> Go to Rich's Twitch as well. Uh, J- James, yeah, is there anything uh, you want to plug? Um, Yeah, uh, you can follow One Nation Radio on Twitter. You can also follow uh, Social Suplex. Um, that's a network that hosts One Nation Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at JamesBoyd87. Um like you mentioned all the year end stuff, we're about to get into it. Like I'm uh, in the process of we're going through the earlier paper or earlier shows in the year in um, formulating the best of 2020 edition for, uh, for the show. Also, you know uh, we had a year end shows last year where we brought in, uh, we brought in UM for the WWE portion of uh, of 2019. We well, talked for a few you, hours, might, a couple was, hours. If it might, it was like you and James, you and James, you and Rich. It was like, uh, well, we need someone who's actually watched it. <laughs> so we could. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought I thought you were talking about the point. I pointed out, I was like, go to. Ca- I, I went to Cage Match, and I and I went and and looked at like the top matches in WWE in 2019, <laughs> and like only like. Only like eighteen of the top fifteen matches were were the main roster. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was another highlight of that show. But like, yeah, we did one for uh, we paired that and, and put that as a, a part one, part two with uh, AEW's 2019. We also did the second version where we put New Japan's 2019 with Stardom's 2019, um, and we also did a preview for our award show. So, like, we're gonna be getting all of that. We're going to get the band back together and getting all that uh, up and running um, in the next couple of weeks and get a schedule out for how this is going to re- roll out between, um, I guess, between now and when we eventually do our award show, probably in mid-January. So um, that that's what I'm in the process of doing, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. I've been saying for years I'm going to find a different way to <laughs> say that, <laughs> and it's not happened. <laughs> yeah. Also, I've just realised on the the uh, little display I've got for this video, it's like there's a, an arrow going down in the middle of the screen, and that's completely unplanned. I've got our two kind of like nameplates on there with our Twitter handles on it, and I kind of could go through the middle of either side of our videos. I didn't even mean that. <laughs> that looks awesome. Great. <laughs> anyway, uh, I see. So I'll be back on Tuesday. So, we, and I might be putting out a column. I don't know. I I realised when I posted because again I fatigued myself with G1 and I didn't write anything until my column this week so I took a big old break <laughs> properly fatigued uh, and my first column back moaning about NXT <laughs> so maybe a positive one next week <laughs> uh, again like if you say anything positive about AEW or anything negative against WWE you get you get certain types of comments <laughs> so uh, this past week uh, all of us in the economist chat just every one of us is like oh we've we've made friends <laughs> this week <laughs> just winter is coming was amazing <laughs> and then next day was a bit uh war games was fine <laughs> type of thing so yep yeah, we've we're yeah there's a lot of people yeah it's just the jokes constantly just on twitter obviously just of uh where's our money tony uh we're, we're apparently we're paid by you tony <laughs> where's our money we're not not once been paid not once james not once <laughs> not i mean i i mean 
I like a lot of different wrestling promotions. Like, if anybody mm. wants to, I mean, do I need to make a cash app so people can just, you know, hit me mm. for yeah, yeah, influence? Yeah. If, if, you know, I guess. Are we are we pro wrestling influencers? Is that is that? I, so oh, a, a let's, little... let's get off air. Let's get off air. The yeah. idea of thinking of that now is just like, yeah, let's get off air. It's time to get off air now. <laughs> we'll say a little behind the scenes thing. I am on AXS TV's list of influencers, like wrestling. Really? Wrestling. Yeah. So, um, not to brag, I mean, it's of like 300. <laughs> so there's quite a few people on the list. <laughs> but I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on the list. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're going to sign off the show now. It is. Oh, God, it's 20 past three. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need to, you know, actually get out the uh, podcast version of this. Uh, anyway, with that, I bid you adieu. And uh, James bids you to our, <laughs> to our for now. Ten.